What's so funny, Wendy? Um, nothing. Welcome back to episode <laughs> six of Neighbors Wisdom, everyone. Hey yo, yay! We we did it, guys. We're on our last. We're on our last divine beast. Ooh. I mean, we haven't beaten it yet, but we're gonna get there by then. I mean, episode. we beat it. The episode no. didn't. No, I don't think all of us did. <clears throat> get us? I know you're not talking to me. They can confess whoever they are. Mm. Wendy? Who's the only person that's on um, mute right now? Yeah, no, my mom walked in. She's <laughs> 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 asking me if I defeated the Divine Beast. Um, Yo, no, what'd you I say? Didn't. I didn't. Oh, Wendy. <laughs> I'm in the process of doing so, and it's a. Uh, let me just say, it's an experience. It's very different to the other ones. You're going to hear the Thunder Blight Ganon music in the middle of this podcast just coming from Wendy's mic. <laughs> I just I just, imme- I just blur out for the rest of the episode and just put music like really oh, low. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's not allowed to talk for the rest of the episode until she beats Thunder Blight. <laughs> I could do that. I could mute her, but <gasps> wow. I'll think about it. Okay. Anyway, so obviously this is going to be about Garuda Town of Anaboris, the Yiga clan, all that sweet jazz. But similar to the last episode, we're going to start off. So like, you know, put your Breath of Wild mental caps on. We're going to start off from the outskirts stable again, like we did last time. And instead of going up, gonna you go, go down. Yeah, you go down. And going down is cool because you have the, uh, the Dig Dog Bridge. Yeah, Dig Dog Bridge. I don't know who came up with that name. And there's a cool Hynix there. There's a shrine there. But more importantly, if you go down that way, you'll meet a guy. And not just any guy. A guy named Zyle. And you know what Zyle rhymes with? Kyle. Yeah, uh-huh. And this guy is more or less the Kyle of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so anyway, this starts, a, this starts a side quest called Good Sized Horse. And basically, Zyle lost his horse during his travels. And he asked you if you can get him a replacement. And if you do, and you know, oh, he also asks for like a nice, a suitable size horse. He doesn't want one that's too slow. I think it has to be at least a three speed. And Zyle's this, you know, like he wears like he's this um suspender wearing, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, blue eyes. Uh, this doesn't you know. sound like Kyle. This sounds like me. It sounds like you. I said handsome. Oh, you could have just said not dark. <laughs> oh my God. You know I'm pale as hell. You could have just said that. You don't have to do me dirty like that lot two minutes into the stream. The stream? God, it's not even a stream. God. <laughs> All I right, just, anyway. You, anyway. Know, you haven't even said anything inappropriate, but I might just censor that whole thing. <laughs> anyway, so once you give Zyle a good horse, he's like, thanks for giving, you, giving me this new horse. I can already tell we're going to be new best friends. And he gives you even 300 rupees for it, and you go along your way. But if you happen to go back to the outskirts stable from which you came, you'll find Zyle there without the horse standing next to the stable lady. And he has like the dialogue where it's like muted. Or like, you know, like it's supposed to be like he's whispering. Yeah, yeah. He fucking sold the horse. What up? He flipped it. For how much though? He doesn't tell you because he catches it. More than 300. Clearly for more than 300. He flipped it. Imagine you give him Epona and he fucking sells Epona. You'll find her again. 
You can't. That's so sad. No, <laughs> not even. Okay, Wendy hasn't beat hasn't beat Town, so all she can do is just cry about this side quest. Oh, anyway, no. so there's mainly two, two noticeable, in my experience, ways of getting to Gerudo Town. So it's continuing past the Dig Dog Bridge all the way, like, to the Gerudo, Gerudo Canyon Pass and taking that whole, like, trail there. And you get to a stable. Or what I did once was, I, I think I teleported back to the Cryonis Trial and then I paraglided down to the Gino Shrine mm. and then eventually making it to the Wasteland Tower. Which, by the way, is actually one of the more cooler towers because at the bottom is like a tar pit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And you have to push the... I mean, the, the the puzzle they want you to do is to push the blocks and knock over the rocks to make a path for yourself to climb on. Again, since I'm a pyromaniac, I like to use the wood fire and just give myself um, the like boost. a lift, a little boost. But since the wind is resisting against you, you can like barely make it to one of the rocks, which is still pretty good. Then you can make it all the all the rest of the way there. There's also two shrines hidden in the tar, and uh, not shrines, two chests. Um, you have one that gives you a sapphire, one that gives you bomb arrows, which you can use to knock down those pillars anyway, instead of uh, using rocks or just whatever. You can use regular bombs like your uh, rune bombs, bomb arrows, and I think even hitting it with like the big old bricks. It's a pretty cool uh, tower. I think it's noticeably important because it's called the Wasteland Tower, but it gives you the entire region that Gerudo Town is in, in the Gerudo Desert. So I don't know why it's being referred to as the Wasteland. And then the other Gerudo Tower there is, the one that's like closer to the Gerudo Highlands, is called the Gerudo Tower, but it, it takes less Gerudo land and it's more in like the wintry part or the snowy parts, which doesn't feel as... But it's all, the Gerudo Highlands are still part of like their area i suppose right yeah but not as much as what you get with the wasteland tower yeah so it's interesting mm-hmm. to see that i mean as of twilight princess the gerudo are like non-existent they've been like they have like relic like uh you know everything is just like old relics of their civilization they've been shunned and exiled clearly for ganondorf on behalf of ganondorf's reputation so I wonder if in some sense that labeling the Gerudo region wasteland. Uh, it's like connotations to that. Well, I was going to. I don't even think connotation just continuing that theme. I was I was going to say that I like the Gerudo region because it's one of the. It's, it's one of the more poignant examples of uh, a space in this game feeling like like the calamity or whatever had hit it hard because there there are runes like all over the place and like yeah those are probably like pre-existing runes that were like Mm -hmm. existing before the calamity but the fact that there is like i I don't know how many of you have traveled in like countries that just have ruins fucking everywhere Mm -hmm. um but that's that's kind of what it's like it's really strange this strange thing for like americans especially to uh to be walking in areas that are like down the street from the holiday inn is like a byzantine cathedral (laughs) and it's just like there's just like a destroyed church nearby like and like that's normal that that, it's and i kind of get that vibe from gerudo um and i like that i like i like that you can kind of feel that the space is old interesting which 
I think probably makes sense since that's where Ganon's from. Yeah. So it has like the most lived history, it feels like. Especially once once we get into like all the statues that are there. And the relics and the And like yada, that huge that yeah. huge fossil that's just in the sand in like yeah. the middle of the area as well. So Yeah, exactly. Like I I I I, I definitely don't get like the, it's weird because Zora's domain is the one with the big history and the 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 Zora are like very proud and stuff, but then like I don't get any sense of that history from the place itself. I just get stuff that happened in the last hundred years, and that's not really what what I'm aiming for here. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the Sheikah the Sheikah towers are everywhere, and the the Sheikah shrines are everywhere, but I don't I don't get the vibe of like oldness from them, like I do in the Gerudo ruins. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's a weird point. Well, no, it could just be an aesthetic thing, too, because it's most definitely. of the other areas have greenery. Yeah. Like, bodies of water, things like that, which definitely has a more... Uh, I don't want to say modern, but not the, as old. <laughs> yeah, the only, the only one that I would feel is kind of comparable is Hyrule Field, just because there are all these, uh, like, houses and stuff. That have just mm-hmm. been destroyed and just scattered around. Right. Like when you say calamity, I'm expecting that everywhere. Like just physical carnage. Just like actual remnants of destruction and war. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Like absolutely everywhere. Um, I mean, I guess you have the kingdom of Hyrule, which is central Hyrule. Which is most mostly Ganon's immediate impact. But yeah. All the, all the surrounding regions, except for like maybe Akala are all fairly distance and safe from Calamity's Reach. Maybe. Of course, until Ganon, you know, should, you know, Zelda warns you about in the beginning of the game, that once he comes to his full power, the whole world's going to just... Just pop. Just just go to poopy. Just going to pop, yeah. Just going to poop. Yeah, I I, I guess. That makes sense, I guess. Also, too, you know, using your archaeological mental powers, Dylan... Oh, my page ripped. Um, using your your mental powers, we don't know how well the fictional luminous stone, um, you know, survives compared to like Gerudo. What is it? Probably like rock or whatever clay brick they make their mud brick, artifacts. probably. Yeah, whatever they make their artifacts from versus luminous stone being a fictional rock and or marble metal that could potentially, you know not break down or wear down or maybe it just preserves like super well yeah i i i get what you're coming at um what i'm saying is the vibe of old and the actual oldness is different for me yeah like gerudo feels old it feels like an ancient space and i like that i also love deserts so (laughs) i'm a sucker for deserts definitely has to be the oldest with I think maybe Zora's domain the only one tying it. Yeah. And I know Gorons are old, but I don't But they I don't guess De- I guess Death Mountain is there, so that means they, they are old, but you don't really get that from But that's just little buddy and then move on. <laughs> little little guy. guy. Little guy. Alright, we're getting distracted. We're getting distracted. Anyway. 
so after that you go to like the gerudo desert gateway which is close to the what is it like the canyon the canyon or gerudo canyon stable which is the last stable you can get to before going into gerudo desert because you can't bring your horse there you can't bring your your motorcycle you can't bring the I mean, motorcycle jesus your messenger pigeon you can't bring none of that but there's a few npcs along the way to the karakara bazaar which is like the next uh next like waypoint point. moderately important uh, uh location before gerudo town so you'll fight like some lizalfos and bokoblins you'll find some treasure you can follow like the kind of path there. But anyway, so once you get to the Karakara Bazaar, what happens is you get the same like uh, cutscene that you do when you get some prox when you get into some proximity with any of the divine beast, and you see fucking Naboris screech, just start stomping around, and it creates like this giant fucking sandstorm. <laughs> that was like, the one that was most like legit to me. Which which like compared to what we just did, which was like. Hey, was kind of flying around, kind of menacing. I guess I can't fly too high. We should, someone should stop this. Yeah. Versus, you know, the literally the other three, like versus literally a obstacle towards the town. Like you, like you are going to have to deal with this. <laughs> like we... all, all the other divine beasts had some obstacle that actually impacted uh, you. Impacted your not only your trip there, but. It poses like such a great threat to the people living there, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is and there's Vomito. yeah, there's an old bird flying around, flying around like, menacingly. He's just standing <laughs> there menacingly. We really gaslit the Rito last episode, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> if there's any collective group of people that kind of deserve it, it's probably <laughs> them. <laughs> Cass is an absent father. Ravali's an asshole. Tabo seems the, the only one to kind of get his shit together. And they, have, and they all have hair. So, like... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself. Anyway, I'm going to mute myself. Speaking of, speaking of Dorito, there's one named Guy at the Karakara Bazaar. Oh, God. He killed me. There's a, Guy. Gor- there's a Goron uh, that tells you about the sandstorms that hide a shrine. I think it's the, the Dakota Shrine. And how the sometimes the sandstorm clears up during certain parts of the day. There's Ronson the Gerudo, which if you've done Terrytown, you already know that her name is important. And she's looking to get married and find a guy. But for some reason, her skill of like tailoring doesn't seem to like attract any people, which first of all, is highly unrealistic. Because regardless of like, if you're trying to use that as like a way to pick up, you know, any romantic partner, that skill is so freaking helpful. Exactly. I wish I could tailor clothes. Especially like that. in like this time period. <laughs> Regardless of this time period, in any time period, that shit is so helpful. So I don't know who's who's messing with her. They did her dirty. Anyway, if you haven't done Terry Town, she'll just kind of talk about her love life and you're like, okay. But if you've done Terry Town, you're like, oh baby, I got a place for you to go. You're gonna love it there. So, uh, spoiler, she ends up she ends up finding true love. Um, next, you have Beetle, who's always there. Uh, I, moving on, I don't want to talk about. Yeah, I, I was, I was gonna say I could not care less about him. But I, I have could so much not care less. About I have him. so much disdain for him that I could care even less. <laughs> then you have. I don't. I don't care about Beetle. Then you have like some little shops there in Robston, 
who's like this merchant that couldn't get into Gerudo Town because, you know, he's a Vo. Uh, and then you have the Blades of Yiga cutscene, which is right near. I was going to say, if you forget this cutscene. Shut up, Dylan. How could you isn't forget this? The your, most... Isn't this your favorite cutscene? It's not my favorite, but how could you forget the most Z Link cutscene in the game? <laughs> You thought I'd forget that? Anyway, Blades of Yiga. So what happens is Link zones out again, and it cuts to Zelda running away from three, like, Yiga, like, grunts or, like, whatever, the scout. Yeah, Yiga scouts. And she's being chased by one, and then two come around and, like, surround her, and she's literally about to get killed when, like, Link comes out of nowhere, and you hear the, like, his, you hear him, like, whip out his sword and, like, the, hut, hiya. And this is crazy, because this is one of the few Links that's, like, done this he kills the yiga scout which is like i think one of maybe four links that actually kills like people uh the other one have to be like a link to the past um link to the past commits commits like killing sprees yeah and he's on the reg he somehow still turns into a bunny i don't i don't get it Ocarina of Time Link, I guess re-deads are zombies. So I, I don't know if you would count that. That's a zombie. That doesn't count. Because, they I, you know, they used to be people. Um, Twilight Princess, uh, people turn into sh- into the shadows that uh, Link has to kill. So that's another Link. Um, Besides Link to the Past, this is Link probably between, the main Link, one. Link Between Worlds, because it's just Which is just to Link past. to the Past. Um, I'm trying to think. This is probably like the only one that's like another the only like other people the only other noticeable link from link to the past and between worlds link that just kills people like it's pretty brutal and zelda does like not care less about the dead body that's literally like inches behind her because link is now standing in front of her as she lays on the ground he has a sword out facing the two other yiga scouts and they end up like running away because they just saw that one of their buddies get murked they saw this kid kill a man and zelda has like the jaw slightly dropped the like oh my god like wow kind of falling for him eyes at least that's how i interpret it because <laughs> i'm biased but you are biased. i don't know i don't know man nah it was, it's it was it's japan intense. let's be real what does that mean that it's a trope it's a stereotype. The hero comes in, he saves, the, he saves the girl. The girl falls for him. But how is that just a Japan thing? I don't know, man. I think that's just a trope. Period. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fuck Dylan. But uh, what I mean is, like, in some Japanese things, they put that in for no reason. I mean, there's a clear reason. Like here, there's a reason, but I'm trying to think of examples. It's okay. We can let it go. Dark Souls almost even has that. <laughs> but we're so not anyway, going to talk about Dark Souls again. That's the, that's the end of the Blades of Yiga cutscene. Which is a good cutscene. Top tier cutscene. The Top music tier. in it. The music in it is really good too. Which also makes it help. It's really short though, which is unfortunate. Anyway, so then you'll probably go talk to this other person named Benha. Who... Or, sorry. Robertson tells you about his boss outside gerudo town so then after all that you make your way to gerudo town and you probably do the dako chise shrine and once you come out you see this guy spying in and his name is and his name is benha but it's like ben j-a so i would read that as benha but like i don't know if it's benja 
But like, I don't know. Like, is he is he Spanish? Like ben whatever, Han, right? whatever you want. <laughs> I think it's Ben Han. Uh, he's spying on Gerudo Town. And long story short, he tells you about a person that uh, got was able to get into uh, Gerudo Town. So then you go back to the Car Car Bazaar because that's where they are. And Robertson tells you about a Hylian Vi. Then you find uh, Vilia on top of like the weird like boulder in the Car Car Bazaar, which I always. Which you know what I'm talking about, guys? That big boulder where the water comes down. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I always think of that boulder. It always reminds me of Jimmy Neutron because it just looks like his head, like without the <laughs> hair, like without the hair, just a straight up noggin. Oh my god! I'm not gonna look at it the same now. Yeah, you won't. <laughs> so then you find Vili on top there, and she's able to give you uh, the Gerudo Vi outfit. So that's that. Vi meaning woman, by the way. I don't think we've covered what Vi and Vo mean. It's pretty, I think it's, if you're playing the game, that's true. That's true, though. So Mm -hmm. Vo is guy, Vi is girl. So then you get that, and you're able to sneak into Gerudo Town now. So once you do, this is like the most, this is probably going to be the meat of the episode is, because now we're only like 20 minutes in. But this is like, as I was retaking notes, Riju has a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit that like, I'm questioning how old she really is. Is she actually 12? I don't know. I don't know from this info I've recovered. So you talk to Riju, Riju, the Gerudo chief, who's noticeably like really young, as like she can she can barely fit in the chief's chair. Um, Link basically presents himself or pre- pre- presents himself saying that he can calm the Boris, and then. Riju's like, interesting, only the champions can calm the Boris. And she knows from her mother that Zelda placed a fallen swordsman into a deep sleep. And that swordsman was also named Link, but it seemed more like legend than a fact. And the swordsman had the sword that seals the darkness, which this Hylian Vi Link is seeming to miss. And then she also immediately recognizes the Sheikah Slate. And then her and Bolaria, which is her guard, like the chief of the, I guess, the Gerudo military. And they're like, hmm, Sheikah Slate, but there was no Hylian Vi champion. Then they like pull a sneaky like that. It's Link. Just like, Poof. And so then they're like, what? Avo has entered the premises. And Bolaria's about to like, you know. Decapitate Link. She's <laughs> about to turn Link into a kebab, like just straight up. Through that spear, and then Riju's like, "Well, if you're a friend of Lady Urbosa and one of the champions, maybe you can calm the Boris." And but to calm the Boris, the only thing that can calm, like, prevent and calm the Boris's lightning, was stolen by the Yiga Clan, which is the Thunderhelm. Mm-hmm. So then after that, you go and you and you uh, you talk to Bolaria, and she tells you to go see Teak, who's like the head of the other head of the military. And you go talk to Teak, and they let you know that uh, not too long ago, the heirloom, the Thunderhelm was stolen, and that the Yigar are in Karusa Valley, and that's as much as they know, and all the soldiers are exhausted. Then you go talk to another Gerudo soldier, and they're like, damn, what happened to Barta? Like, where the, <laughs> where the fuck does Barta hoe at? Like, bro, she's just never here. And then, you know, you as the player is like, hmm... So Carusa Valley and Barta's missing. You know, you're you're like you're about to put your brain together. So then you probably steal a sand seal, which 
I don't know how well it stacks up against the horse. I feel like I'm more emotionally attached to the horses in this game, but this is more fun than riding a horse. In the we game. we probably steal his anthill. I didn't do that. I'm, you I'm, I'm a hoofer say, in this game. I didn't say you. Steal I walk you everywhere. You walked all the way there. I walk everywhere, man. It's I so hope, I hope it in this game. Damn, bro, you need to uninstall. That's some. <laughs> 70 hours of riding a horse for the tutorial and then never touching it again until the end. <laughs> no, because I, I commend you for that. That's just a lot. No, nah, because because I didn't I didn't like um I didn't like the the horse summoning system. I wasn't so here you, for it. You didn't like to whistle for your horsey? Well, no, I didn't I didn't like that I can whistle up to a certain extent and then the horse is just lost. <laughs> you can't oh. get it. So it's like I'm not going to go back to a stable. I'm just going to you know I got stables feet. Are, stables are pretty. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I got feet. So you have to like go through the sandstorm and like zim zam through around Carusa Valley. And as you head in deeper, more Yiga archers will appear and obstacles as well. Then you'll make it into the main chamber. And it's pretty cool. You know, there's a there's a bow sitting in the middle of like seven or so torches and and there's like seven different clothed like doorways and only one of them is the true path in each path though there's like a treasure or something you know there's something worth opening you know burning taking the arrow lighting the arrow tip on fire and burning every single one of these like huge like cloth curtains you'll get some like treasure either a weapon another torch or something you know something moderately useful then once you find the true path you'll get the little like jingle that you always get and then once you walk in, you see a Gerudo fucking captured. And you go talk to the NPC and guess what her guess what her name is? Yup. It's Barta. She got herself captured by the Yuga clan. And she more or less tells you to go like, you know, you can't mess with these hoes because they are top tier. They're they nuts, want- dude. They're just like hoarding bananas. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get the banana thing. <laughs> That was like one of those like weird I call it indie game humor. Like I, there's some like indie games that are like just catered for like all ages and then they they just have this weird sense of humor in them. I like this humor. Like though. Plants vs Zombies has it. Like that kind of humor. I think I it like- was just to code them in a certain way. Like how monkeys can generate like to people who don't monkeys bananas it's all making sense no because because monkeys are coded to be very like mindless and huh in video games i'm not saying to you who literally studies monkeys i'm saying the way that monkeys are characterized in tv shows and stuff huh do you guys not watch things I'm a little lost to be honest with this take. All right, I'm here never for, mind. I'm here for it. Keep going. Yo, keep going. I'm gonna, no, I'm done with it now. I want to hear. I want to hear it all the way through. I'm gonna start chimping out and Dylan, Dylan, if you make monkey noises, I'm kicking you. And this, this is not a joke. Don't. Not even a little Why would one. You test me like that. Not even a little one. Oh, oh my god. Are you done? Are you done? I just made one. All right. It was a little sad. <laughs> So here, here starts the like the forest stealth mission of this game. Which oh, if you're depending at where you're at in the game, it's either a forced stealth mission or you just go around and 
mindlessly murder every single person in this or a stealth mission yeah the first i think there's there's one yiga blade master like immediately after like immediately past where bart is held then there's another one in the next room then there's four in the third room and then there's also a hidden room with uh two chests that has gold rupees which total you get 600 rupees then you have the last room in the back and the thing is with this fourth stealth mission it's like i got so mad at this oh my god you remember i was texting you during it you can you can use the surroundings and the bananas as a way to lure the blade master so you can sneak past them or you can fight them mm. but if you alert them before you can either kill them or sneak past them the entire like room base the whole the room base fills up with like six blade masters and like a bunch of archers and they just all start fighting you at once it's absolutely insane i was telling Ange, i was laughing at my um playing style while in the um you know hideout because mm-hmm. Um, I died several times in this um, specific <laughs> region, and as you know, I told you before, I gave up. I was like, I'm not going back there till I uh, have the guts to go, you know, and actually fight them. And then I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, going back to what Ange said, how like you know, kind of mindless with the bananas and everything. Monkeys. Yes. Um, <laughs> I um, I remembered um, that Barta said that they really like these damn bananas, and I was like, wait a second. Let me just uh, throw a banana on the first um, part where the, uh, you know, they're just walking around that one stone. Mm-hmm. We can hide around the first part. And I was like, let me put a banana right there before he catches me. And he starts doing that little, you know, that little like fucking the step little, towards the yeah, banana. The like, ooh, I found a <laughs> yes. banana. And they got distracted. So I was like, yo, let me rubbing his hands me. together. That's literally <laughs> what they do. They do the little, little tiptoe. Yeah. And then that's when the second part of it, um, you go down the stairs, and I realize little X's on the the, the little boards, uh-huh. and then there's like a banana on top. I'm like, hold on, what if I, you know, shoot that little arrow? Let's see if oh, you do the same thing. And I was like, oh, I was like, hold on, okay. So th- these like this entire time <laughs> that I've been dying, I could have just been shooting these damn arrows to those damn bananas, and they could have just gotten distracted. <laughs> I could have gone along my way. This could have been a, a whole like five ten minute little like um run through, but no. I kept dying. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to whip out the master sword. Oh. It it was no. It was it, no. It's it, about it was time so, I clap so some motherfuckers. <laughs> it was so simple, and yet I was like, oh, the Yiga, like they're so like um, you know, like uh, they're they're unfeatable. No, they're like the most. They're like the funniest thing. <laughs> I love the Yiga clan. I, I love, love the Yiga hideout. They're so funny. Like, I I, I do. How- like them. I love how I also like my progression with the Yiga clan hideout in like three from three of my playthroughs, which I've done from like by playthrough. I mean, just, you know, great plateau to fighting Ganon from three of like my more noticeable or memorable playthroughs. I started off my first playthrough ever. I stealthed around like it took me forever. Same. I even used the big comical uh, <laughs> barrel in the third room. Yeah. So, like, there's only two barrels in those, the Metal Gear callout barrels in the whole game. By the way, it's the one on the Great Plateau and that one there, and you know you can just Metal Gear it, and it's, it's funny because they will, they will have they will have the little question marks. They're like, like, oh, they're like, what is this barrel supposed to be moving? <laughs> and then my second time around, 
since I always tend to do Gerudo last because I just like it as a closing Divine Beast because I also think it's the best Divine Beast like boss-wise and puzzle-wise. Probably. I went to – so I, if I had if I was doing it last, I had already been to Akala and Robbie, and I bought just a – I had a bunch of Ancient Arrows, and I was like, <laughs> hold on. Let me alert them first and just like Ancient Arrow the Blade Masters and then Bomb Arrow the – the the archers and i just went full genocide mode like full just kill everyone and it was really fun it was really it was a really gratifying and validating way to overcome you know me being like a scaredy in my first playthrough and then my most recent playthrough so like that one my second playthrough was normal mode my most recent playthrough which was master mode at this point i love i love i love playing this game and getting the master sword first because I also like being recognized for having the Master Sword. Like just in the cutscenes, you do get different dialogue, and I do like that to an extent. And um, one sneak, one sneak strike with the fully powered Master Sword will kill a Blade Master like that. So all I had to do was lure them with bananas, and I kind of like took my time and you know just took them out one by one and it was really fun because i was taking i was going my pace and also like l- i looted the entire yiga base like i didn't leave one like corner unchecked and i think from all the ways i did it the most fun is definitely the ancient arrows way and if you haven't played it yet and you don't care about spoilers so you're obviously listening to this you should definitely take that route there's there's a lot of fun to it and if you want to try it in multiple ways you can always just you know save before cuz you can't save in the yiga clan hideout which is a big thing if you die, you start you start in your last save. You can't save in the Yiga clan hideout. So what else does that remind me of? <laughs> that's for another day. That's for another day. That's for another that's day. To relive those memories. Oh, Jesus. And so once you <laughs> once you get all that... Also, I really love just the whole Gerudo town in general because that's where I made the most of my bang until I started hunting taluses and selling the gemstones. You get a lot of money in Gerudo Town. You do. And you need it for for reasons after we'll talk about after. So once you get into the last room, there's a few chests there, and you probably like notice them sticking out in the ground. And it's really uh, innovative how they did this. So my thinking is the designers the game designers expect you to see the chest in the ground, so you use magnesis to get them. And while using magnesis to get it, you also notice that you can there's a part of the wall that's uh, metal and you can move it and then you probably stumble in there and it's just this empty open like canyon space with a giant man-made hole that goes like all the way to like the depths of hell <laughs> you kind of walk in then it gets to a cutscene you're like oh i made it to the boss fight like who is it who is it gonna be mm-hmm. then you hear like the little poof, the little yiga poof and the little like uh papers and you see this um and you see the best character and you see this very handsome, kind of <laughs> suave, mysterious, you know, cool, sexy dude <laughs> like, who appears from the, the Yiga, like, powder puff, you know, like, smoke bomb, you know, entrance. <laughs> and they say, they're like, what are you doing in my napping spot? <laughs> then, what are you doing then, in my vibe corner? Koga's vibe corner, and then he literally he literally rubs his eyes, which like by the way he's wearing a mask, but I guess (laughs) I guess he was taking a nap, so (laughs) that counts for something. 
And he goes and he says something more or less along the lines of, you're the link guy I've been looking for. And he starts cracking up because he's like, I sent my scouts all out, all over Hyrule for you. And you just happen to waltz into to my napping spot. Walk then, right in here like, by he's like, accident. It's like he walked into the leader of the Yiga clan's study. Then all of a sudden he does like the little, the little poses. The and poses. He's like, the strong, the burly, <laughs> the one, the only, Master Koga. And the boss fight begins and the boss fight music is really good. And this boss fight is probably the most traditional Zelda boss fight. True, or, okay. actually. Actually, I shouldn't say that because by traditional, it's just a link to the past. This is the most like uh, as link of- Link to the past. <laughs> Link, the link to the past game so literally <laughs> all of them all of them all of them except for uh a Legend few, of Zelda 1 and 2 to um phantom hourglass fear tracks anyway anyway uh it's it's a it's a fight where it's a puzzle instead of a combat trial which most of breath of wild's fights tend to be which i like more because the puzzle just kind of feels a little too easy and while this boss fight and also let me just say there's nothing wrong with an easy boss fight i don't think a game has to be hard for it to be good but i did want a little more challenge with uh master koga just for how much i love the character i did want a, a greater challenge so then i would have to spend more time with him it and wouldn't be all right for him to be anything but incompetent it's true yeah for how funny it's like it at the end of the day like you have a harder boss fight up ahead so it's good that you get some comic relief in now and so basically how the boss fight starts you'll summon like a big metal spike ball with the uh yiga and or Sheikah eye on it and he'll try to squash you but once his shield like his force field goes away you just shoot him with an arrow or hit him <laughs> the ball will hit him and he flies into the sand face first and you just start whacking his ass to do damage and then phase two is the same thing again but then two balls appear and he's like floating above the the pit and then you know he flies into the ground face down again he's stuck and then you just spank him again and then phase three the same thing with just an even bigger ball (laughs) after you beat him he summons a massive, this massive Sheikah ball, and he's like, it's the ultimate, like, Yiga The secret ultimate Yiga secret technique. Maneuver yeah. held, passed down through generations. And the camera is, like, on, on his perspective, and he, it's the ball is so big, you can't see Link. And he's like, hey, are you still Where'd you there? go? You still there? <laughs> and the ball starts rolling, and it just hits him into the pit, and it, it, it goes down too. And as he's falling, it starts rolling death, comically slowly. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost painful. <laughs> it's more painful than like knowing the champions died, watching Master Koga die. And as he Not falls like this, and as he falls to his death, he says, "He says I will be remembered, and that like you know all the Yu Clan will scour the ends of Hyrule to destroy you." Which you know, Link didn't actually really do anything. Uh. Kind of, you know, Master Code kind of did it to himself, but also I, I also think it would be really funny if like while, because you know, like I, I hate the trope of like villains monologuing and like the hero just not doing anything. So like, it'd also be really funny to me if, <laughs> while he summons the ball, Link just took like one hand and just pushed it forward, and that's what made it start rolling, and <laughs> just killed him, with this like you know his the expressionless Link face he has throughout the whole game. Yeah.
Just kills him. <laughs> just kills just oh, kills him, man. It's also interesting to oh, know too. Um, Master Koga uses more or less the Magnesis rune to lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least the ability, the Magnesis ability to lift the um, the metal balls, and you have to use your Magnesis rune in your Sheikah slate. And it makes me think that like. I guess the Sheikah from 10,000 years ago had these uh, were, you know, used some kind of magic or, you know, praying or ability to have these rune abilities. And maybe the Sheikah slate was for Hylians or other people or other Sheikah who did not necessarily have those abilities. I think that's something interesting to note. But the Yigi clan are really interesting. It gives you an insight to. The history of the Sheikah as for Breath of the Wild, which, you know, you have the 10,000 years ago, then they get banished and, you know, you have the, the Sheikah population that's in Kakariko Village. Then you have the Sheikah population that moves to where the now Yiga clan hideout is, and then they become the Yiga clan. And they're like devout followers of Ganon. And I like, I like how... I like how their origins are still all Sheikah. Because even when Koga summons the ball, the eye, you know, the the Shika, the Yiga clan sim, symbol is just the the Shika eye upside down. So like when he summons, the, you know, the ball, it's like it's hard to tell is this like a Shika technique or a Yiga technique. But like it more, it has to come from some similar root. So there has to be some ancient way for like you know maybe Paya and Breath of Wild too becomes an ally. And, and she has the abilities of the Sheikah Slate or something. But I think there's definitely more than what we know as to the Sheikah's abilities are. But it's really well kept hidden. Aside from their technology, there has to be something, I think. You know, because the way the tech is presented in this game, it's like futuristic tech. But it's also like magic tech. So I think it really adds an interesting element for what the Sheikah and, you know, Yiga being included in that are capable of doing i don't know it's just something that it made me think about so anyways you return back to Riju, and she can tell you were successful because as the chief of the gerudo she can feel the heirloom like she can sense its power and then she probably realizes that you notice how young she is and then she starts on her dialogue and she says how the people look on her with warmth but even she like carries a lot of pain, a lot of burden, and she's trying so hard to be worthy of their love and a worthy chief and to prove to herself, um, to her, even to herself, that she's also worthy to be. But when she says, you know, the quote, when she says that her family heirloom was stolen, she felt like a strong shadow. Uh, and I think this this is really interesting. And I'm, and I'm going to say more, uh, like, you know, once I finish talking about just the whole main story, but I also think how she calls it the family heirloom that she is related to Herbosa. So I'm assuming that, you know, I don't think Herbosa is her mom. Cause obviously she would say. Herbosa is my mom. <laughs> yeah. Or like her grandma or something, but I don't think, I think, um, Grudo have a similar lifespan to probably Hylians. Herbosa, Herbosa was the chief of the Gerudo, right? She was. Yeah. So, but, th- I mean, you could assume it, right? No, no, because that's over 100 years ago. And the Gerudo don't live that long. I mean, like, granddaughter or something. It could be like a 
relation is what I'm getting you, at. You, I, I think it's, uh, Bruce is probably like a great aunt. And maybe she had like yeah, a, maybe like an aunt or something. Or a cousin. Sure. It's not. I don't think the way she says like family heirloom. It doesn't seem like an immediate. Like this is my mom's. Yeah, or which like, is kind of. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. At least that's that's the that's definitely what I guess. There's some familial relationship, but I don't think the the Gerudo definitely don't live that long. Yeah, because I um I also had a similar question with whether your also was um Riju's mom when I read the diary, mm-hmm. um, Riju's diary. Um, but at I think it's towards the end of the like the last page mm-hmm. where she basically just asks Lady Rosa for um her guidance. Yeah. Um, so that was like okay. So no, I don't. I don't think they're like anywhere related in terms of like maternal, but um, definitely there's this uh, sense of. I uh, think. I think we're also to infer that. Re- like, everything Riju knows about Link and Zelda, which she knows mm-hmm. a lot from you know the dialogue I mentioned earlier. She knows from her mm-hmm. mom, so her mom had to have been around for a while, so it could not have been, Urbosa or like even Urbosa's daughter she had one which i think we can infer Bosa doesn't have there is a reference to this in uh creating a champion i i don't know how i feel about creating just champion. Ancestor. what does it say it just says ancestor yeah so, so I they're think, related i think it's definitely like a great aunt sort of thing yeah i think they're more strongly related than what Daruk and Junobo potentially are because that's Gorons and I don't even I don't even know how Gorons I don't know how that works (laughs) I don't want to know how that works that's true too I don't really care but there definitely seems to be there definitely seems to be more direct relation than that yeah but anyway I'm getting like besides the point everything Riju knows about Link and Zelda and she does know a lot is from her mother and Riju's only 12 years old so she had to have died, you know, Riju's, Riju's mom had to have passed away only recently. And with all the trouble the Yiga clan are causing, I'm, I think the assumption is that she was murdered by the Yiga clan, you know, maybe like what Riju's 12, like maybe two or two or even three years ago, maybe even a year ago. Because Riju's extremely young. So anyway, she tells, she tells Link about her, like her heavy burden she has trying to be the leader, even though being so young. Then Link gives her the helm, and she's like, how do I look? And then Link gets the memory flashback, and it's Link, uh, like, he's on Vanu Boris, and he's running, and he finds Zelda sleeping on Urbosa. Then Urbosa asks him, and like, how have you two been getting along? So we know from the cutscenes, it's like early in their, early in the memories. And Link, Link has this shuffle, and he doesn't say, and Urbosa's like, oh, your silence, your silence, you know, speaks volumes, and you shouldn't worry. It's just that Zelda sees Link with the Master Sword, and it just reminds her of a failure of her destiny and how, you know, Link did it. He has the Master Sword. He's the knight. Like he's he's so amazing, and she still, and she still can't even find anything about her sealing power. And Urbosa says how like she's putting so much time in, and how one time she was like praying at one of the springs, and she passed out in the springs, freezing waters. And then there's this really cute like Urbosa mom moment where she's like, she really is quite special. And she does the thing where like, you know, your child is sleeping and you fix the hair. I almost had tears out at this point. And then Link comes back. And uh, you can like, she's like, sorry, you were, you were just staring. But anyway, how does it look? And you can be like, 
It looks good. <laughs> and like, you know, the, like the, the stupid slapstick comedic timing in this game. Definitely it, looks like it fits. It, it just it just shuffles because it's, it's obviously too big for her. And then she just fix it. And then she's like, all right, meet me at the outpost so we can attack uh, Vana Boris. And then you'll be able to do the rest. And so, you know, then the cutscene ends and she's like already there and you make your way there. And it's really funny because you have the ladder that climbs up top and then like the house inside. And you probably just walk in the house inside and there's some guard there. And she says, she says the like just most out of pocket shit. She just goes to Ling and she's like, oh, Riju told me someone's coming to help, but I didn't expect someone as short as you. <laughs> I was just like, that killed me when I when I read that. I was like, I was oh like, my gosh! Like, Damn, you just can't be saying that to people. <laughs> so then you climb up the ladder. You know, Riju's on the roof waiting. She's looking at Vanna Boris, kind of like you know, getting her fate ready. And she she asks Link if, if he's ready, and then she gives you I think twenty bomb arrows, and then she fucking uses the uh, the thunder helm and the power of the the Gerudo ancestors and Lady Urbosa. And she creates this electrical force field that'll protect her from uh, Vanna Boris's lightning. Then you you hop on sand seals, and you know you got some like generic sand seal. And she's got Patricia, and Patricia's like Patricia's like the LeBron James of sand seals. <laughs> I got the post. It's true. There it is. That's something I can make. I can make that. It's true though. Patricia is like the sand seal. I can make that. Patricia has been through a lot. Patricia is the sand seal. She's got a bow. She's like number one. She's hot shit. Like, she's cool as hell. Like, that is the sand seal. That is like the noble steed of the Gerudo. <laughs> so anyway, this is a pretty fun puzzle. It's kind of hard to like uh, balance your movement because it's very slippery and if you stay out of uh, Riju's force field for too long, you will get electrocuted and take massive damage. But you have to get close enough to shoot Vanu Boris's feet with uh, the bomb arrow. So similar to um, similar to Varuto, that like it just deactivates temporarily. And once you do that, you know Riju wishes you luck, and you get it. I like actually really like that cutscene. Get the cutscene of the Boris like slowly coming back and Riju. And Patricia and Link are like looking off, and you know the sun is like setting or something, depending on when you're playing. It's it's just a re- it's a really good it's a really good picture, and and then you keep you keep going like Link keeps going, and then you get to like you know where he's activating, you know onboarding the the divine beast, <laughs> and Herbosa's dialogue line is "You sure know how to keep a woman waiting," and I was like. What is with the Gerudo region? And they're like, really, they just got really cheesy humor here. It's just really like, I don't know. I feel like I'm watching, uh, it feels like a Three Stooges movie. That's Three Stooges movie was was entirely the Yiga clan hideout. Master Koga is all Three Stooges. He's yeah, like, he's all three at once. <laughs> it's just so goofy. And and it, it threw me off guard because as I had known Urbosa thus far, like I would not expect her to say something like that. It's really good though. I actually like it. I was kind of thrown off by it, but it also did fit. Like it does seem like a Nervosa style sense of humor. Anyway, so you do the same thing. You get the map and the five terminals. 
Um, and it's basically electric puzzle focused. I really like this. I think Vinyl Boris is the best Divine Beast, both in the boss fight and the puzzles, because the puzzles, the first time I did it, it took me a while. It took me a long time to like figure out how to get the, the three cylinders in the middle to rotate and align to figure out the electrical puzzles. I really like that. That's like, I think it's my favorite Divine Beast hands down. I don't think there, you can argue that any of the other ones are objectively better than this one. I think the puzzle is just too elaborate. No thoughts, no comments, no concerns. It's just me. Right. Um, sorry, I zoned out for a second. Oh, <laughs> I was I was looking for pictures of LeBron James dunking on people. <laughs> <sighs> I'm still in the process of like getting through um, the Divine Beast. Um, how's it? How you? How do you liking it so far, Wendy? As you're going through it, I okay. Surprisingly, I like this one a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, this is your last one, right? This is my last one, yeah. Okay. And I'm really excited. Uh, of course, I still need to go back to that one tower, as I mentioned in the previous episode. Oh, but, true. You had uh, a long time to do that. Yeah, I guess. That's I still need to, shake, you know, shaking my head. So I need to do that other DLC. My um, head is but, shaking. <laughs> but this is this one's really enjoyable. Again, it's, it's one of those puzzles where uh, I feel like it's a lot more interactive. Um, mm-hmm. You will have to, like, figure out, you know with the three um what is it i just call them like cylinders to just like rotate cylinder boards rotations whatever yeah you know you have to play around with them to really just access all parts of it and um so i have to add something here so something did happen um we're not surprised but you know that chest that's hanging oh no yeah i know the chest that's hanging yeah so i was like oh the one that you're supposed to stasis and then magnesis okay okay hear me out though (laughs) god Um, i have a question is there anything important in there there's an ancient core in there okay um so oh my god i used magnesis i used magnesis and i swung it back and forth and i was like all right i'm gonna time this so that way it lands (laughs) i should have recorded it you should have just recorded it but i did it and then I um, uh, shot my arrow, uh-huh. and I was like, "Okay, it's it got timed perfectly." No, it literally hit the edge, and then just so I just go all the way down to the ground. Oh my <laughs> so god! It's gone. I never got the ancient core that's there. Ancient um, cores are like crucial in this game. Yeah, so I'm gonna be. That means I'm gonna have to go guardian hunting. Um, oh, shit! That so is brutal. Yeah. When I tell you, I literally spent like a good time on that edge, just staring at the ground. Oh, <laughs> <he's down bad. laughs> I was like, "No, oh, it's not." <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, "Gosh, this is this one's really <laughs> enjoyable." I really Hi. apologize for the background sounds. There's a guy who has a bike in my neighborhood that thinks he needs to drive it as fast as possible down my street 15 times. Maybe he's going to go buy Breath of the Wild. If he is, I can forgive it. He is like can forgive it. Wendy, I can't believe you've done this. Like actually. I I thought I had it, you know. I was like, let me get this uh let me get this through. I know I know it's gonna land. Um <clears throat> of course it, it didn't. <laughs> but brutal. That's the only one that I the only chest that uh, I didn't get. <laughs> I, I don't even know I don't know. You're at a loss of words, I understand. I actually am. 
<laughs> I understand. I like, I'm surprised you didn't, like, reset a save, you know, like, go back in your save file to even try again. You were just like, shit, guess I didn't need it anyway and just kept on going. Honestly, I would, that's why I was like, I'm going to wait right now. I'm going to wait till we, like, start um, so I can ask if there was anything important. Oh, no. Because, um, I wasn't. I was like, you know, I got, I got things to do. Listen. Wendy's. You gotta get going. <laughs> Ange, how did you gotta you get like... the show on the road. <laughs> how did you like Vonda Boris, Ange? I, I have no experience because you took the switch out of my hand and did it for me. Oh, yeah. toxic gaming getting I you, revealed. I you did it again already. No. Oh, we well, should get on that. Toxic gamer moment. <laughs> I'll, the only way I'll God. This was before Ange even liked Breath of the Wild. This was when Ange used to play a game for uh-huh. 30 minutes, get past the tutorial, and be like, wow, this is a long game, and then just never touch it again. Uh-huh. Ange was a whole different animal, a whole different beast back then. A whole different kind of toxic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I beat that thing for Ange in like under 10 minutes. Oh, and now he's gonna humble brag too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, there's nothing humble about this brag. When you should have gotten your shit together, bro. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to not. <laughs> Let me get this out of the way, and then we can talk. <laughs> I have done the boss battle though, because I did Champions Ballad. So. Oh, that's true. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is true. So let's say you get everything except for one mysterious chest that just happens somehow <laughs> slip your grasp, and <laughs> you go back to the console. One little whoopsie. Yeah, one little whoopsie, and you go back to the center console, and all of a sudden, the boss music comes, and inner boss is like, hey, yo, you better watch the fuck out, because this is the thing that gave me a warrior's demise, and Link turns around and sees this fucking tiny, like, little blight-looking thing with ridiculously long Ganon hair, a scimitar and a shield, but like in a Guardian Sheikah style. And you get the, I love, I love, my favorite thing about Zelda is titles and subtitles. And you get the Scourge of Vodnaboris, Thunderblight Ganon, and the music's really good. And you're like, and if you've, you know, if you, if you've done it the way our podcast, you know, has verbally done it, you're like, oh, this is the smallest, you know, the Oh, he's he's a little boy. He don't be easy. You're like, oh, let me get this little, let me. This is a joke. Come on, Chiefs. And he starts moving at blinding speeds and just yeah, he just he just you. gives you the slap, electrocutes you, and you're already at a quarter like, heart. Oh, like, okay. And so it's gonna be this kind of one. Phase oh. one, phase one really requires you to just uh, jump back into a flurry rush to do damage, and then phase two will bring you into where. Uh, Thunderblight Ganon stands atop of, or like floats atop of the the Divine Beast, like on the roof, and summons a bunch of like metal fragments and blows them up with electricity. And you're supposed to use Magnesis to sort of put it near its body to conduct and then cause damage. And it'll fall to the ground, and you just whack it. Then the third the third phase is another sword fight phase. However, it's not like the first phase where if you missed a flurry rush, you could shield. And you know, take tank a couple hits and then do damage. Uh, its sword and shield is both electric electrified. So if you don't flurry rush or you don't perfect dodge or something along those lines, you will get electrocuted and drop both of your weapons, both your weapon and your shield. 
and that's like it's crucial. The worst. Yeah, it's the worst. You have to be perfect timing with this. The first time I did this, it, it took me forever. Not be I didn't. I think I only died once, and then the rest of the time, every time I got like close to health, you know, you'd run away in the corner. I'm like, all right, let me like regain myself. But even that is pretty. Uh, it's a pretty heavy, heavy fought battle. However, if you have the Master Sword, and you don't even need to do the Trial of the Sword to give full power, because remember, in the in the presence of malice and or anything like Ganon-esque form, the, the Master Sword will light up on its own, and you have the full splendor of the blade. And the Master Sword is if you if you don't have the Master Sword and you're about to do this Divine Beast, get the Master Sword. The Master Sword makes this boss fight a joke. It is so ridiculously good at wiping out. Oh yeah, because you can't drop it. You can't drop the master sword. You can drop your shield. Oh, it's, it's so okay. Yeah, I I did this without the master sword. This is the second one I did. And it's good because the master sword isn't necessary in this game. No, so it's, just, it's it makes it easy it, here. It's yeah. Well, I don't think it makes it easy. I think it's reward for you getting the master sword. You know the master sword needs to stand out because even you know it's still master sword. <laughs> it's still you know it still kind of breaks or just runs out of energy. But you know regardless of that, you know it still needs to stand out in some way. It's it still, still got to be the master sword. Yeah, it's still got to be in some ways the best weapon in the game. So if you have the master sword, it completely destroys Thunderblade Ganon. Will make that fight into a joke. So once you defeat Ganon, you get the Rebosa cutscene again in, in her spirit form. And she has some really interesting dialogue. She says, both you and the princess, I know you have suffered much regarding to what happened to us champions, but this is how it had to happen. No one, no one needs carry blame. So please make it clear. She understands that. Tell her to shed any worries and let her know I couldn't be more proud. Then she goes, you take care, you take good care of the princess and take good care of Hyrule and does a winky, little winky face. The winky? Sorry. The winky. She does the winky. And then you get the, you know, she's, she forcibly removes you from the Divine Beast using her spirit godlike powers and you like twinkle off. And then you get the- I walk Vodna. into Divine Beast Vodnaboris, Master Sword out, food at the ready, ready to go. And then I am forcibly removed from Divine Beast Vodnaboris. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? No. I was funnier in my head. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you there's a meme i'm thinking of it's a, continuing on all right anyway carry on so you get herbosa's fury which is probably i think arguably you can argue don't. it's debatably the best uh champions ability nope. in the game nope i mean yeah mifa's grace is helpful but mifa's grace is op you can, I mean, yes and no, because when you get yes. hit, up until you die, you can still pause and eat food. Okay. If you're in a, like, on down but not, like, on the ground state, you know, you're not standing. You can eat food, so as long as you're quick. Nobody you got time for that, though. As long as you're quick, you don't really, you know, Mifa's, Mifa's grace is just a plus. Or, you know, like, maybe you're low on hearts, so you don't feel like using the food you cooked, so you just throw yourself off a cliff on Mifa's heart. Mifa's grace does the rest. But Rebosa's Fury is really good. It creates this like uh, circle and all the enemies inside will get electrocuted. And it does massive damage. I think it does like 500 damage. or Something along those lines. Cl yeah. Close to it, yeah. And 
and then after that you get the the cutscene where Nabora sets its side at Hyrule Castle and then uh she says one you know she says her little dial her little monologue and one of the one of the more quotes that sticks out is that it was written that Calam- Calamity Ganon once adopted the form of the Gerudo and then you know you get the laser sights and then it cuts back to Link you know being teleported back in front of Gerudo Town and since you've completed all four divine beasts, you will hear Zelda's voice and she calls out to Link and she goes like, Link, Link, thanks to you, all the divine beasts have returned to us and the spirits of the champions are free. We all await your clash with Ganon at Hyrule Castle. And that concludes... We all await the title match. Yeah, literally. <laughs> the match for the belt. <laughs> the match. And, that, and, that, and that concludes... Cage match at Hyrule Castle. <laughs> and, that, and that will conclude more or less Gerudo Town. And you know we only did it an hour, but there's a lot of things I want to talk about, which are more important than like side side quests. Even before the side quests, I just want to talk about first. Let's talk about Riju. I love Riju. Riju's Riju's really cool. I think Riju's cool. I think she's underrated. I don't think she gets enough love. But when when we talked about when you first meet Riju and she knows all this stuff about Zelda and Link, it's really baffling to me from like a lore perspective that. You know, everything everything happens everything that happens in the calamity happens relatively fast because you know they're traveling on foot, like whatever. But everything happens relatively fast, so it's really interesting that you know, or Bro- also knows stuff because she's not only a champion; she's more or less like Zelda's mom. Uh, she's she's there, you know. She's she's in it, but she, but she, but she dies. Uh, Bosa dies, so Zelda at some point must have dictated to impa or any of the remaining hylians or whoever she was in contact with before she goes to hyrule castle and then gets you know where she's trapped inside again she must have communicated to someone to let someone of someone like you know maybe impa to relay or either way someone in of the gerudo knows very clearly like zelda's plan they know that Zelda put Link into the Shrine of Resurrection, even though Riju says it seems more like a legend. Uh, she knows that the Swordsman was also named Link, uh, that he has the Master Sword or the Sword that Seals the Darkness, and recognizes the Sheikah Slate. A lot of things which the other other people in this game don't either recognize or pick up or know as much. Where I think Dorfin and Bluto recognize the Sheikah Slate, but that's because they're like they're like the leaders of of their of their region, and and you know the Great Owl too. They're the leaders of the region, but they're also very old. Riju is extremely young, and she has all this information. You know, everyone else has the information because they lived through it. She has this information. She was told this, so they're so though it seems like the king of hyrule you know rome wasn't very close with the gerudo and zelda was she must have delegated at some point to have like very close ties with her remaining plans because you know hyrule the king of hyrule doesn't exist anymore she must have had someone very close be like hey let the gerudo know what's up because it's kind of like it was shocking to me you know taking all this information again just how much riju knows hmm and then and then another thing, I like Riju's character as a parallel or like a pseudo Zelda where she's this really young leader of her people who has this massive burden 
and both of their moms were killed prematurely and and it's it's almost like seeing like Zelda's path in like a what if like what if she was successful because Riju ends up being what successful. if she was ripped <laughs> I mean no <laughs> I, I think it really shows like what if Zelda was successful and she did it and that manifests through Riju I think because they end up I mean because you know Link helps but it's under Riju's command where they get the heirloom back they they appease Naboris and like all is well and she can you know she has those same insecurities and fears of, of inadequacy that Zelda does but she's able to overcome it and it's nice to see that you know like the same the same story that Zelda is going through the you know that Link has to finish which is the overarching story of the game take place on a smaller scale through Riju and have that parallel also i think it's interesting i mean zelda also has a lot more to overcome though <laughs> to i know that's, that's why i said in a smaller scale but they both i don't think their paths or their histories are coincidentally similar that both of their moms were killed while they were at a young age and they have you know they have to lead their people and they have a heavy burden to bear i feel like it's intentional and then also another thing I found interesting, you know, I'm and I'm just saying these things, and you can like tell me your opinion, like after I laid them all out. Um, another thing I wanted to say was when Erbo, like in the memory cutscene, when Urbosa talks about she's putting in so much time, and she passed out in the freezing waters, and you know that's why she's so focused on her studies because she can't awaken the sealing power. And then even when Rome is like, you know, when you see the cutscenes of Rome trying to push her into studying. We know that the ceiling powers passed matrilineally, and I think more or less uh, Hyrule is a matriarch because the queen or the Zeldas have the ceiling power, and that you know Zelda's grandmother was alive at one point too, and that's how Zelda's mother learned, and that's how Zelda was supposed to learn, and then Zelda's mom gets assassinated or killed, right? And I think it's really interesting that that is actually a well-guarded secret because even Urbosa doesn't know how it works. And Urbosa was like right there with her. I mean, not even right there with her, extremely close with the queen to the point where like, you know, they probably, I, at least for me and Ange, I don't know about Wendy and Neil, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the, the queen, the queen and the queen and uh, Urbosa were definitely in a relationship. There's def- that was like we're 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 gonna romantic. get to the to the gay coding of Garrido Town. <laughs> Garrido oh, Town. Ange has this Ange has this on lock. But I think it's really interesting that no one actually knows how the ceiling power works or how it's supposed to work. Clearly Rome has no idea. Zelda has no idea because she doesn't have her mom to teach her. But it's even interesting to see that Urbosa, who was extremely close with the queen, has no semblance of a clue no even clue yeah exactly no even clue as to how this ceiling ceiling magic works so i think it's really interesting to help uh recontextualize zelda's struggle that there's not a single person in hyrule that can help her that is really dumb why does nobody know that because it's uh, i mean i get it's like sacred knowledge and yada 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 but like no one I mean, even sacred knowledge, how does someone who doesn't have the bloodline of the goddess or that power going to explain that? That's true. It's like it's like trying to explain 
I mean, I can't think of an analogy, but it's like you don't you fundamentally don't work that way. And you're trying to explain that. It's like yeah. it's like explaining fourth dimension stuff. Yeah. And that's why it was, it was so successful for so long that, you know, they had the generations like it only stops with this Zelda that the match, the, the matrilineal line is cut off because your grandmother passes away at some point. But then Zelda's mother is killed. So they really did. You know, Ganon and his forces really did a good job at like stopping that connection, either knowingly or unknowingly, because that is like the crucial part to figuring out uh, sort of how the ceiling power operates. And it's not even really the ceiling power, it's just more or less how they operate because they have the blood of the goddess. You know, the ceiling power isn't something that that they can turn on or it's not like a muscle they can flex it's like this it's this i see that's the thing i couldn't even i couldn't even describe it because like i don't have it like i don't know what it is i mean it's probably also just a plot device to further zelda's burden and isolation as well that she has oh, like okay. no one else okay i mean yeah like clearly but i just mean you know like in the like in the world like in the in the world of breath of the wild i know i know like it has to it serves it's like mechanical purposes but i just mean you know what i mean i'm just like like going into it the idea of the ceiling power and especially how we see it manifest you know in the end of the game which we can't talk now because you know wendy still hasn't beaten it so spoilers but we'll get we'll get back to this we'll get back to this in in the last in the last episode uh, what else did i want to say that was like main stuff I'm still I'm still really fascinated by Riju and how much she knows and I think what you guys think how because the only three people don't know about Link and the Shrine of Resurrection like the main people it's just Impa Impa Zelda and Impa King Rome King Rome knows and Robbie Zelda's, King Rome knows King Rome's dead oh uh, the ghost knows. <laughs> the ghost knows but i don't know if that's because that counts or not that yeah, counts rock knows yeah. living people yeah living people the yiga clan know and i think that's in part to them being formerly sheikah they must you know they have to have some understanding of sheikah technology yeah. clearly if if um koga, koga can use magnesis they have they they must have some understanding mm. um Dorfan thinks you're dead. Big Tuna thinks you're dead. <laughs> Big Tuna! Like, he's shocked to be alive, right? Yeah, because he doesn't recognize you at first. Uh, Bluto does not give less of a Could shit. not give two shits. My back hurts, dog. The Great Owl is... I'm it's amazing, sure. but he's just yeah, like, Whoa, oh, I'm an owl. He, like, he recognizes you on sight, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on in this. He recognizes you in theory. Wait, yeah. what was your question again? It's not really a question, it's just a... The fact that Riju knows so much about what happened when the rest of the world as it is now doesn't. Well, couldn't so she have learned? Well, obviously she's a direct descendant from Urbosa, but couldn't she also learn from whatever interactions her and the soldiers have had with the Yiga clan while she was in power? But how how would she how would she know information about Link and Zelda directly? I mean, you said that the Yiga probably know, and I mean, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping the Gerudo soldiers didn't lose all of the fights that they've had with them. 
I mean, they they must know about Sheikah technology, but to know that you know Zelda had the fallen swordsman that he that he wielded the sword that seals the darkness. Like her mother must know because her proximity to Urbosa. Right. Right. So she probably um, learned from her mom. Yeah, but, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Going but, then, but, but the thing is, like, how how does her mom even know? Because her mom is probably not living at the same time as Urbosa. Urbosa dies in the Divine Beast. So well, no, but. Ru- so I'm um, Riju becomes mother- the chief after her mom dies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can infer that her mom was the chief before her. Okay, I, I I know that. I'm just saying that there has to be... There was some focus before Zelda goes to Hyrule Castle where she gets sealed and is in this non-corporeal fight with Ganon for 100 years that she's like, you know, let the Gerudo know what's going to happen. Hmm. At least that's what I'm thinking. I think the info was just passed on through the generations. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. But yeah, that I, that's what I mean. There has to be some focus because what we know what happens is Link gets killed and then he's immediately put in the Shrine of Resurrection. Zelda immediately puts the Master Sword back in the Lost Woods, which is another thing Riju knows. And then... Um, she goes and fights again, and so there has to be something from from her delegating to Impa, because I, I, the, I think the key information I, I, I neglected to mention was that she also knows that Zelda put the Master Sword back in the Lost Woods, which the only person other person who knows that is Dorfin. But Dorfin is alive at the time that Link first takes the Master Sword, so he would know because he experienced it the first time. So I think there must be some close relation with at least formerly with the Sheikah and Gerudo on behalf of Zelda's close relationship with the Gerudo be- through Urbosa. Hmm. Because there's not you you can't really pin it on one singular person who could relay that information. Because it can't it's be just a- kind of a, a situation rather than a singular person. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like Urbosa's dead. She dies in like the a familiarity. Yeah, she, Urbosa d- dies in the Divine Beast. She can't relay that information herself. Yeah. And with how and how quickly everything happens within each other. So as Zelda's dying, or I'm not Zelda, as Urbosa dies, you know, it's it's Link and Zelda, you know, trying to escape. Like all these things are happening all at once. And the only person the only people who would know would be Impa, because Zelda, you know, relays to her her plan before she goes eventually into Hyrule Castle. I just think it's cool that there must have been, you know, because of Zelda's relationship with the Gerudo, that she must have put some importance on Impa or, you know, the Sheik Impa who relays then, you know, to someone else to maybe tell someone else that... 100, 100 year long game of telephone. More or less that the Gerudo needs, that the Gerudo chief or now acting chief needs to know what happened. But the rest of Hyrule doesn't in terms of like the four, the, the other three races and their leaders. It's also you need to think, even though Zelda is like part of the sovereign family, she's she's not the sovereign. She has like limitations in what she can do. Well, not yet, because she's like probably underage. But no, that's what I mean. Like, but she she would have had limitations in what she could have done. But I think. in that, but in that moment when the calamity's happening, she's she goes like, to the the Gerudo. She, no, no, no. I'm saying like she must have told Impa because remember. 
Impa's message to you when you first meet her is that Zelda tells you to free the four divine beasts. Yeah. That she's been saving that information to you for a hundred years. So uh, Zelda tells Impa, you know, Zelda, Zelda puts the Master Sword back. Then she goes to Hyrule Castle. And at some point, then Impa knows the plan. Yeah. And, and none of the none of the other leaders know that Link, even with the Sheikah Slate, can stop. The, or can calm the divine beast but Riju not only on top of mentioning you know knowing that Zelda puts the master sword back in the lost woods she also mentions that oh you can probably calm the divine boris with the with the Sheikah slate we just need to get the uh the thunder helm so you can get close to it like she has some i think at least which i didn't notice until you know before we did yeah, it. I didn't even notice. She, has some, she has some pretty uh like need to know on a need to know basis knowledge which i, yeah. which I don't, which i'm just saying at this just but the whole point is saying that I think it's very interesting that the Gerudo are seen as important where in previous games the Gerudo are often seen as like bandits thugs, a vilified member of society, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts, Angie Wendy? I see you guys sitting there muted. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what else is there to say? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. I mean, it's really interesting. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in hearing mm-hmm. from like you and and just that kind of information. Um, but like, it's what just shocks me, right? Is that Riju is only what twelve? Yeah, and she holds all this information and just like recalling her diary. It's like she she wants like the rest of uh, the Gerudo to like trust her and. Mm-hmm being chief and everything after her mother passing away it's like yeah like i need to make sure they're all safe while freaking um divine beast uh vanaboris is just roaming around um mm. and while she wants to believe that uh you know before um link comes in uh that you know that the beast won't make any ruckus or anything or harm the people in the future uh you know, she she just wants it. Like she also just trying her best and everything. So I I don't know. Yeah. It's again. It's like it just shocks me again. She's just this little kid. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Trying her best. At least in relation, you know, to Zelda's story, we're dealing with like mm-hmm. you know, Zelda does have the bigger burden. She's yeah. also like five years younger than Zelda, which is also you know mm-hmm. I'm not taking away from Zelda. I'm just saying what Riju's doing. And it's five like, big years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what Riju's doing is some serious shit. There's a lot of there's a lot of frontal lobe development in that one. Yeah, she's a she's a tough cookie here. And also, I feel like just knowing that Zelda again, or you know, she's she also has like a big <laughs> burden. Um, she carries uh, these two. They're also pretty young. Um, what they're doing, you know. Um, but yeah, again, guess, it's just that. I guess my whole point with like mentioning how much Riju knows, for how I interpret it, it's just nice to me that Zelda who when her mom dies, Urbosa is more or less her acting mother figure that even before what she can only assume is her impending doom, this is like, remembers her her relationship to the Garuda and what they've done for her and finds a way for them to know, you know, assu- assuming, finds a way for them to know what's what's going to happen. Yeah, there's that too. You're right. At least that's, that's how I, I took it. To right. I mean, there wouldn't be a reason why they wouldn't have to relay any of that information to them, yeah. considering that they were very helpful during 
100 years ago, so. And then the last thing I want to talk about, which is main quest stuff before we can do side quest things, is Urbosa's dialogue when she comes back. What does she say? Oh, yeah, she's like, both you and the princess, I know you've suffered much regarding to what happened to us champions, but this is how things had to happen. That was like a huge red flag line to me. Because, you know, the whole the whole thing is, the, the whole reason that the Divine Beasts are buried is because after the 10,000 years, they got a prophecy saying that, like, that technology would be used against them. And that's also why the Sheikah get banished. And, you know, it's, it is in the 100 years ago before, you know, where, we are, where we're at now that uh, they get this, you know, fortune teller who gives them more or less a false prophecy that they need to unearth these... Um, unearth these ancient technologies which ends up you know going against the truth the the actual prophecy from the ten thousand years ago so i i think it's interesting that either bosa understands that that initial prophecy now in death like you know she has some spirit knowledge or she's just trying to find a way to like you know things are how things are but i don't i think it's really more so the first one in that especially because of king rome yeah like, yeah yeah it's crazy how they how you know rome has an extensive amount of knowledge and it doesn't seem like zelda is in contact with rome in this at all yeah. yeah and your both ghost spirit of both also has an extensive set of knowledge and that maybe you know hyrule was always destined to fall do any of the others not nothing that at least comes I to mind no I mean, we could always go back and, you know, as we do our last part of our Breath of the Wild series, we can just make any final remarks. But I think it's interesting that in their spirit form, the champions have some some form of, you know, ghostly knowledge that is in most forms of media. When someone is a ghost or a spirit, they have, you know, knowledge beyond themselves, which is very interesting. Hmm. It could be a question of like time too. True. Like, what do you see after you die in this world? That is true. Do you see it all? Who knows? Well, I mean, I guess their spirits are trapped, and we only hear their voices, and they can't even appear in their spirit form until yeah. we free them. But she knows Link's here, so she has some form of vision. But that must. Mm. But she only knows Link's here once he's on the Divine Beast. She's not like, oh. You've been running around town. <laughs> like, I saw you fight that Lionel. Her whatever form of vision that her vision takes is only capable of within the region of the Divine Beast. At least as we can infer. Also, my last thing, when she's like, you take it, good care of the princess, and she goes, you take good care of Hyrule, winky face. You think this is alluding to Urbursa knowing that Zelda has a crush on Link Oh, God. And that he's going to become the new King of Hyrule at the end of Breath of the Wild 2. And they're going to get married. Oh, now. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. It's going to be a smooch on screen. I'm not asking for anything. I'm oh, not asking okay. Nintendo, I'm not asking for any tongue. Just a little peck, and that's all I want. Best, best <laughs> they can do is hug. God, yeah, when she's... <laughs> best they can do is hug. It's hug when she's crying and everyone's about to die. That's the best they can give me. God. Ah, Nintendo, please. All he wants is a kiss, kiss. That's just, all. Just a little peck. Like, I just want some. Just 
like you teased us with Skyward Sword, just like just, just throw it all down. Make the it happen. Now. Yeah, I mean, everyone already loved Breath of the Wild. Just do some more fan service. <laughs> anyway, that's really it for all I had to talk about for the main story. Now we can get into the side quests. We have a lot. Who wants to who wants to take it first? Who wants to take the lead? I guess I'll medicinal Molduga. Oh, okay. I want to get it out of the way because it's boring. Yeah, we got in order. Or um, no, never mind. Do we have an order in? No, just Discord. Talk, just talk about what you want to talk about. Um. All right. Well, f- there's the Thunderhelm side quest. Mm-hmm. We'll do that one first, I guess. Uh, um, that's literally just do all the side quests. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the, the 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 whole premise of it is, it's your you know Link has a thing for other people's property stuff. or shiny things and he's like, link like shiny <laughs> he's like can i have it that needs to sit in my house in region again this is where like reju's like a, she's a next cool to cat. my picture of your dead aunt reju's <laughs> oh a cool cat she's like you know what you could borrow it but help every single person that's in need of help in gerudo town and it's all yours and then that's what leads into some of the other quests yeah i don't know the, i've said i've said it once before and i'll say it again the, the the side quests in this game are weak most of the time for me that's true There's, i'd say like a third of them are are worth it the few ones that are bangers are absolute bangers though mm. yeah search wendy, search for bardo we did right wendy you did this one right which one the, the ones that you did um <laughs> so, um you know obviously the thunder helm um that one, I, I had to do a little bit of uh, research. Oh <laughs> after the deadline, please. Hello. Oh, no. Um, but if you guys want to take it away, I know you guys are um, know a little bit more because you guys did defeat the divine, the divine beast. I, I do know a little bit. I know that it goes um, search for Barta again. She's the Macar of the fucking, uh, oh, sorry, of this, of this here because I know Homegirl gets lost again. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Like, where did you run off to? Um, and I know she's in the by the great skeleton great brutal skeleton yeah um and yeah she's just there she's like give me a hearty durian otherwise i'm not i'm not gonna be able to make it and it's like all right all right sure i guess (laughs) it it kills me too once you give it to her she's like yeah i'm good and just runs back sprints yeah she's just perfectly fine like there's there's a there's a location that's not really a side quest um i don't at least i don't think it is it might be there's a location though where you have to get into like a secret store, and that's how you buy the uh, the Vo clothes. Oh, wait for that. Ange has a lot. Ooh, to talk yeah. You got a lot on that. Okay. I do. I would say let Ange go last because she has the heavy hitting ones. <laughs> the heavy hitting ones. Everyone else. There's like, there's the uh, the labyrinth. The labyrinths are always cool. You know what's um, fun? The chests aren't preset. I think it, you get them in the order that you first do them, and I think it's always. Uh, helm, armor. chest beast, uh, greaves, or leggings, or whatever. No, nah, it can't be that, because I got the armor first. Ooh, and I got it first? here. The armor. I got the barbarian armor here first. What's the armor? The chest piece? Yeah, yeah the chest piece, sorry. I don't know if what order, if the order I said is the order, but at least from what I read. And I don't remember, too, because, you know, I just remember doing them, and, like, I wasn't thinking about the order. When yeah. I but as per that one website. That I... Was, 
I didn't even really do this labyrinth. Like I didn't do it as a labyrinth. Did you did you glide to the top? And hell then yeah, I did. Me I mean, hell yeah, yeah, I did. How could you not when like at least how I found it? They make it so top. easy. I found it from the top too. From the I, tower. So yeah, I went from the tower. You looked at the tower and was like, what the hell is that? And then flew over there. I do appreciate the labyrinths though. They are very cool. Oh no, no, cool. no, no, no. I mean because you can glide to the top of the walls of the labyrinth. That's what I did. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. That's the thing, but like I came from the top because I was tele or like paragliding from the wasteland tower, so I was like already in position to be on top. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I did. It's I did good. that even before I got to Gerudo Town. It's a good. It's a good side quest. Or it's good. Quest. It's fun. I'll talk about mine real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So the seven champion circle. Uh, oh, I remember this one. And this, you know, this will tie into the eighth heroine, which. In the Forgotten Story, which I think you and Wendy did parts of. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Shrine Quest is more or less, there's matching metal balls that have certain emblems on them that you need to put in like a certain pit of the respective heroine. And then the shrine will come from the ground. And I was trying to find some significance on the heroines. And even in creating a champion, it just shows their emblem. And only one of them sort of resembles the medallion from Ocarina of Time, where I was thinking Seven Sages, right? But actually, you know, that ends up, when you find out about the eighth heroine, not fitting. So then I tried, like, what else can I think of that fits? And I was like, maybe there's, you know, seven significant uh, Gerudo women in Gerudo history that, uh, you know represent these heroines and i'm and i'm trying to think and it's like i can only think of naboris or naboru from ocarina time as one and maybe her second in command also when you go back in like the seven years later so if that's the case that's two right and then there's one there's the the head gerudo pirate from majora's mask and you know we have elements of the child timeline with twilight princess being referenced in this game so we know at least to some extent even with the the goron um you know mount rushmore there's uh i forget the the goron's name but it ends up being the goron that link can become like link uh link's goron not link the goron that's a uh, darunia's son so if majora's mask is referenced in this game at least that timeline is then maybe we can include that gerudo then i think there's like some form of gerudo in the wind waker timeline being in phantom hourglass and spirit tracks but even then i couldn't really find anything that leads up to seven and i know some theories have thought of like seven sages but i just i couldn't find anything that led up to it and if anyone's being more interested i can do more research but i think it's just supposed to be you know, like history within Breath of the Wild, like distinct to Breath of the Wild. But yeah. yeah. Wendy, what do you guys think? Because you know, you had Wendy had the eighth pick the eighth heroine side quest, and you did the Forgotten Story, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, for the eighth heroine, um, in order for you to unlock this side quest, um, you need to talk to Bullseye. Um, not gonna <laughs> lie, he looks like an incel just running outside. Bullseye. an incel. Because, uh, you know, he's like, so, hey, the name's Bullseye, um, Bonsai, or Bullseye, whatever. Bullseye. I'm 35, single, and I love jogging. Like, yeah, I can tell. And I love uh, Japan. 
<laughs> and well, he tells you that. Um, well, he's basically he's flirting with you, um, and just being a total creep. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oof, this man, not not rubbing me the right way. Uh, so he's he gives you the snow mountains and tells you about this uh, supposed um, her- uh, heroin, right? Mm-hmm. That's just lo- somewhere out there in the um, uh, Gerudo Highlands. And so you go off and you start looking for it. And at first I was like, oh my goodness, where is this? And when you zoom into the map, you can see this like triangle looking kind of uh, figure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they look a lot like the uh, positions in which the arms are from this other seven heavens that you encounter first. And I was like, wait, hold on. This might be it. Um, and yeah, once you get down closer, you see the the arms and you just go down there. So then when I came across this, I was like, why is it hidden all the way back here? Like, why? I, I, I did some that? research on that and there are a couple theories as to, like, why this statue, for some reason, is just completely separated from the other ones. Did you get the Ganondorf theory? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Ooh. So, um, wait, you yeah. finish one day and then I'll say what the theory is. Yeah, no, so you just have to take a picture of it and you go back and this this guy is just like, you know, actually, I um, there really isn't one. It's just uh, what I've been hearing around and um, I just want to get to know you. And <laughs> Link is like, okay, uh, uh, snow boots. I mean, uh, sand boots now. And he's and... like, I made that up, but I'm glad you made it okay. I don't think there actually even is an eighth hero. And, and like, you know, he's about to close his eyes and lean in for a kiss, like uh-huh. in the cartoons. And Link like puts the Sheikah slate up to his lips. Yep. Like, I found it. <laughs> and then after there, that, there you go. And then after that, like, he's like, okay, now give me back my snow boots. And it's like, what? Like, what do you mean? That's the word. Okay, go back yeah. up there. But then you did Dylan, Dylan, right? You did the. The forgotten sword he's like she's missing the sword she didn't have the sword and you're like oh jesus christ mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. um so you go up there you go back up and take a picture of the sword you got to go find the sword in a different location mm-hmm. um and then you basically just take a picture of it go back and he's like what it exists and then gives you a sword or gives you more snow boots pretty much what do you think of the sword in its location though um it's it's interesting i mean it's i i like that it's consistent with like where the statue is and stuff Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. like most i i hate when games do this kind of thing where they they make you go find like a separate part of a thing and it's Mm -hmm. not in a logical location like this is a logically like sound location that's like kind of cool it's like you have to question why it got there but it makes sense that it got there yeah um, and I like that. Um, I actually didn't finish finish this quest mm-hmm. because I took a picture of it and the picture like didn't register for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back and he was like, well, you don't have it? And I was like, uh, sir. And I just didn't go back and finish it. <laughs> um, so, to be completely frank with you, I don't really care that much about the Thunder Helm because it's ugly. Anyways. So nice though. Anyway, and let's get to your theory though. And you went off to you went off for today, right? Ooh. Well, yeah, because when I was doing, because I also took notes on these two quests, and um, in my search, there was a lot of theories as to why the eighth heroine statue was separated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was watching YouTube videos by Masked Nintendo Bandit on YouTube, mm-hmm. and basically he has an entire video on like 
who moved the sword because obviously the sword um, is higher up in the mountains than the statue is and the statue and the sword are completely separated from the other seven heroines. Yeah. Um, and I forgot exactly what he said, but there's the belief that the eighth heroine is supposed to be is supposed to signify something for either Link or for Ganon, because Ganon is from Gerudo. Um, so the theory basically leans more on the side of Ganon because that's where he's from, yeah. and based off of who he turns out to be, they wouldn't want his statue in relation to the other seven ones that are there. And he also... Um, the spaces, the space in between the first and the last of the seven statues um, is exactly double the space of two that are like right next to each other. So there's supposed to be an eighth one there and it's just not there. Mm-hmm. And the eighth heroine statue is also like completely integrated into the, the mountain. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas the seven are obviously separated and there's like scaffolding, obviously showing that they've been like worked on and probably restored. Right. And also like the huge valley that the eighth heroine statue is in. It's it's like shaped in a way that people can think that it's man-made. So like maybe all the statues were like supposed to be there, but then Ganon went and messed everything up. So they like left that statue there they didn't even finish with the sword they just left it where it was at the top and then who are the, who are the other statues supposed to represent them i don't there was there's no i have an idea oh go ahead the the um i mean obviously there's the importance of the number seven to like traditional zelda mm-hmm. um so I, immediately i thought link to the past revisiting this there's the uh the seven what are their names what are they called the maidens in in link to the past the sages the sage there's the sages but they're called like the maidens in link to the past or something like that um so that could be a, a reference and then that would also strengthen the the identification of the eighth statue as ganon okay and then Ange, back to what you were saying um no that was it and also um, someone said that in um, in Japanese, the term used for heroine is gender neutral, so that can also support the eighth statue referring to Ganon. And someone also mentioned also how, the sages, yeah. how they were how the statues are dressed, like they wear like long robes, and they they don't like physically present in any sort of way, so they could just be androgynous and like whoever you want them to be. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's any inkling as to who the seven are supposed to be. Like, I don't think there's any information on that. Or you could just speculate. I I always kind of disagreed with the Ganondorf theory. Yeah, it actually. was like, when I read it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I don't It know. seems like a nice piece of fan fiction more so than a concrete theory, in my opinion. Right. So what's your theory for the eighth statue being completely separated? At least for me, um, I think what's important is to take note of, I think for me, at least I can more so 
from you is more I can like disprove that it's not Ganondorf rather than proving who it was. Because let's say if it was supposed to be the Seven Sages, right? And Ganondorf for whatever reason. There's no There's no point in any of the Zelda games and then in Breath of the Wild history that someone could make a statue of Noboru and see and Ganondorf and put them in the same light even though they fundamentally opposed each other. I always thought maybe, you know, if it's translated as the heroines rather than taking like... You know, like how you said the Japanese is just a gender neutral term, but mm-hmm. they didn't, they don't really say what is the, you know, what's the whole context of the description, right? Because, you know, that can may possibly reaffirm that it is heroines rather than just like non-distinct heroes. But, uh, you know, we always think of like God, you know, the goddesses, right? The three golden goddesses and maybe in some way that has to do with that. Because I always thought that the, that the eighth heroine it always seemed more like that was its natural place rather than the circle of the seven heroines. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Cause the eighth heroine is literally built into the wall. So it's implied that the seven so, were moved. Yeah. For some reason. And I don't think the other seven were there, but they are probably, you know, I, there's so many different points in, you know, in the Gerudo Highlands, but we know that there was a champion, a Gerudo champion from 10,000 years ago that, uh, that you know, was the first. There was There's someone that originally piloted Vandaboris, and, you know, there's also other Gerudos that originally helped. So, I mean, that could be an homage to them. And they also have swords, and if that were to represent the Seven Sages, I mean, Ganondorf does have a sword in Ocarina of Time, but Impa doesn't. Darunia doesn't if that's just supposed to be like their take on it and I guess we could put that up to artistic representation but I think yeah that's what I was gonna say it's like we've talked about this before on the show but when you when you talk about the way the different cultures present things someone with a sword is not necessarily someone that had a sword right yeah but I just especially in these kind of large monumental constructions yeah I just thought the Ganon theory was pretty interesting I think it's. I think people like it because it's fan service. The only thing because I can think canon. of is, is, I mean, it's it's not though. There's no. I the I just think that's it's where... interesting because we don't know. You know, like there's no. Yeah, we have no where... inkling of what who the other seven are. So I think that's... if people like postulate that it could be Ganon, then by all means, go ahead. Like I don't think you have to have you have to have a firm identification of the other seven before you can identify. Right, the and if you don't know who the other seven are, then by all means, believe the eighth one is canon. I mean, it the realistic just, answer it is always... it's probably just Gerudo stuff. Right, like it's probably just like, but it it being just Gerudo stuff doesn't really explain why the eighth was separated from everything. You know. Well, what I think it is is. If we're going based off the imagery in the swords, right? In Twilight Princess, when you go to the Arbiter's Ground, there's the seven sages that were supposed to seal Ganondorf. Ganondorf has the Triforce of Power, and he kills one of the sages, and then gets sealed to the Twilight Realm up until Link, you know, Twilight Princess Link, 
comes back and deals with that and you meet one of the sages there that's you only meet one and if you i think you guys should google, google the twilight princess sages they both they all wield swords and they all look exactly the same they're all dressed in robes and you and you only meet one sage right so what i'm thinking is possibly at some point there's seven sages right the one gets killed ganondorf gets sealed there has to be you know the, the number seven needs to exist so there has to be some replacement possibly right and that's the eighth one. The eighth one is the one that died, or at least no homage to. At one point, there was eight sages because one of one of the seven gets killed and they need to replace it. And that, you know, maybe the eighth is the one that stays in Twilight Princess, or whatever sage that gets replaced in that timeline. I think at least that makes more sense than Ganondorf because if if it's supposed to be you know like famous Gerudo, you can't put Noboru in the same place as Ganondorf because they. They opposed each other. Nomura wants to take down Ganondorf. And even Urbosa says that Calamity Ganon once took the form of the Gerudo. There is this general Gerudo consensus that they hate the past that Ganon, Ganon, Calamity Ganon was once a Gerudo. They shun that. They disgrace that. So you can't... It couldn't... like They're saying like, oh, that's why it's shunned away because it's Ganon. But they wouldn't have been built in the first place. Sure. I think... It, to me, it makes more sense. Seven Sages, if you look at the, the Twilight Princess Sages, you know, they don't even look like they're, they're so androgynous. They're just like ghostly spirits that have that all have swords. Mm. Yeah. But there's, isn't the sword found above the Eighth Sage? Yes, yeah. it's, it's found. It's the found swords the are side. separated. Like if you look at the the seven that are in the circle, the swords aren't like completely connected to their hands so it's implied that the sword what might separate maybe maybe they wanted to transport maybe they wanted to transport the eighth and then something happened what what i mean is either they built the the statue on the highland and just didn't just left the sword out and just left it up on the highlands or they didn't or they deliberately brought the sword there in a ritualistic act I think you. I I see it as they moved the seven heroines to the spot where they are now. Right. Yeah. And they deliberately left the eight. And they, eighth and they was. They either deliberately left the eighth, or they didn't have time to do the eighth because of the original calamity. Because I mean, a shrine is there, so even though it it exists for Gerudo importance, there is a chic semblance to it. Yeah. Which can be. The Just continuity stage. of like religious practice and stuff. I mean, they. If you if you look at them, they look just like the. I mean, more so than, than uh, you know, comparing it to Ganondorf in the Ocarina of Time sages, or other sages, they resemble more those Twilight Princess sages who are androgynous cloaked figures that all wield swords, and Ooh. not not even their emblems represent the medallions from. From um. Ocarina of Time, which which yeah. is pretty important to the story. Yeah, wild, at least in its history. I I don't know. I this is always this is like one of the more interesting parts about Gerudo for me because obviously I'm an archaeologist. This is literally what I do for a living. Uh-huh. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to think how. So if you have the statues being brought from another location to where they are currently and deliberately leaving the eighth out, then it's probably 
your theory that it's the seven sages from you know uh twilight princess and that these are deliberately made as a set of eight because one of the sages died and presumably was replaced but then why wouldn't they just include all eight even the one who died exactly like you don't need to leave one out just because ganon took their place like you can still honor the one that died i think because i think their original their original setting was on you know the faces you know facing outward yeah of the of the Gerudo, which the sages are found in the Arbiter's grounds, which is in the Gerudo Desert in Twilight Princess. Yeah, so they, they stand facing the rest of Hyrule, so they are guarding. But then, at some point, for possibly Sheikah in her shrine, and for whatever hero purposes, for the next you know Link hero, they wanted to move it. And maybe they just couldn't, you know, maybe they couldn't finish it because, as we clearly, you know, we we decided in in a in in the Goron episode that the Sheikah not only wanted the hero to be strong, but to be well-educated and versed within the different races and histories of the different peoples of Hyrule as by having the shrines in, you know, in, in key locations in each of the settlements. So possibly that could reflect that, but I just don't, I just, you, people like the Ganondorf thing because it's cool. I think people also like the Ganondorf thing because not everyone has played every (laughs) Zelda game. Zelda game, yeah. Because I wouldn't know anything about the sages until you brought it up. I I just think I, but I think it's the exact exact opposite. They play these games and they like they're like, oh Ganondorf. Oh Ganon, Ganon is the bad guy. He's cool. Yeah, and this is why I I sort of strongly dislike a lot of Zelda YouTubers or theorist YouTubers because it's all like fan fiction. It's not really based in fact. There's nothing that indicates. Like you can't be like, oh, it's it's you know seven great Gerudos of Gerudo past, and be like, well, the Gerudo hate Ganondorf, so they they would not they would have not even built the statue. They wouldn't have built the statue. Then shun it. While while I also agree with that, as someone who's more objective to the series, since there literally is no information given about these statues, then by all means, make up what you want. I mean, yeah. But but, this but you're is, wrong. Like, this is a Zelda podcast. You know we're we are, <laughs> we're we going are, in. Yeah, we're going in. <laughs> right. But like definitely, at, at, at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want. But I just dislike Zelda YouTubers. They just brand everything a theory, and you know a theory is supposed to at least have some semblance of of Perhaps. argument. To All it. right, sorry, yeah. Mass Nintendo Bandit. I won't bring you up again in any of the future episodes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna subscribe only to unsubscribe to you guys. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I just don't, I just don't, but I mean, they can make the theory and I can also dislike it. I mean, I, it's, it's cool. Cause like, like I said, this is literally what I do for a living. And like, this is literally like the, the Ganon theory would be like what the amateur archeologist comes up with because they just like lost from the, the cons, like the context of it. And like the big note known thing, it's like, oh well, there's eight and Ganon did the thing. So like on the Reddit thread, and it says that the Gerudo script on the statue reads the seven sages. It, it can't. It, and if that's true, it can't be Ganon. The then it can't be Ganon. It's got to be the eighth sage. It's got to be the the seven sages and the one that gets killed and possibly the one that we don't know of. But it says that on the thing in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's, that's what it says in the Gerudo alphabet. On the yeah, there's Gerudo script where or script whatever. Orphan. Here, let me send. You guys can see the chat in the Zencaster, right? Yeah. yeah. Look at this. 
we go to the first comment or the top comment. Yeah. The seven sages. It also says it's on the eighth heroine statue. So what was even the point of all this? If it says seven sages and that's who they were. It's clickbait. They're clickbaiters. That's the yeah. They don't make good theories. It, one oh, wait, one so interesting. Was, hold on. <laughs> if I had known this, then I wouldn't even have even brought it up. No, but it's good to address. It's good for people to have. Well, it's no, the theory it, that people like. No, I know that, but if it says the seven sages, then why is it even a question? Kind of a moot point. Yeah, that, yeah. I was. Why were we on this tangent then? I didn't know it said that. Well, you were. It was. No, it wasn't your tangent. It was like on behalf of Nintendo Mass Bandit. There's not to mention like, literally this this game has like a lot of uh, callbacks to Twilight Princess because that's like the last Zelda that a lot of people like really liked. Skyward Sword didn't do so hot. I mean, they have they have big callbacks to most of the the big games. Like the big games, yeah. Games. Let me find. Uh, you know, in the first memory when Zelda gives her speech. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the whole speech because you know there's no, like the not obvious part. It says like you of Hyrule chosen by the sword that seals the darkness. You have shown unflinching bravery and skill in the face of darkness and adversity. You have proven yourself worthy of the blessings of the goddess Hylia. Whether skyward bound, skyward sword, adrift in time, ocarina of time, or possibly in Jorah's mask, just that like duo, or steeped in the glowing embers of twilight, clearly <laughs> calling <laughs> all of them. <laughs> the sacred blade is forever bound to the soul of the hero. We pray for your protection. We hope that the two of you will go stronger together as one. Uh, forged in the long distant past, the sword that seals the darkness. Guardian of Hyrule, ancient steel, forever bound to the hero. In the name of the goddess Hylia, I bless you and your chosen hero. Over the seas of time and distance, it's like Wind Waker, when we need the golden power of the goddess, you could say that's linked to the past, or it could also yeah, be... Yeah, that's kind of linked to the past. It could also be Wind Waker too, since you have to rebuild. That one's yeah. more like it, indirect it more Zelda as a whole than yeah one specific game our hope rests in you to be forever by the hero's side again we pray the two that the two of you will go strong and be together as one so twilight princess is clearly referenced in this game yeah i mean the fact that twilight princess is in the timeline of uh majora's mask and uh, and the majora's mask is an item you know i mean with the inclusion of dlc but it's an item that just sitting in a box somewhere game. but i mean at the end of majora's mask there's no there's no evil in the mask anymore so it is just a silly mask the items literally exist they were yeah. like collected by the castle and so it just to me it makes more sense that it's the you know okay so let's say the seventh so the seventh one of the seven sages is killed in twilight princess Mm-hmm. They were. They were. They couldn't just keep six. That's I mean, wrong. I mean, when, when, when same thing in Ocarina of Time, Ganondorf must have killed the previous sages, leaving only Raro and the new sages awaken. So it's similar to how when there's a need for a hero, there's a need for sages. They their roles will they will have to awaken to the role, or they will somehow they will fit the role. Same thing with Link to the Past. There was a need for the maidens. They came in to fill that role. So because the might, sages are killed. Yeah, so there must have been eight because they needed one to replace the one that was gone. Yeah, there had to them. And at least Arbiter's Ground is in Gerudo Town in Twilight Princess. It's in yeah. Gerudo Town. Gerudo Town doesn't exist. It's in the Gerudo Desert. Which and is like, we'll count it. In Gerudo, in Arbiter's, you can, if you zoom in on the map, Arbiter's Ground is part of the remains of the Gerudo Desert to the right of the Great Fairy Fountain and Gerudo Great Skeleton. We'll count it. I think we got it.
Don't send us the Nintendo mask band. I'm just saying, when, when Wendy questioned who the eighth heroine was before, why didn't <laughs> one of you guys say the Seven Sages <laughs> thing then? We wouldn't have had to go through all of that. I had to think, well, I mean, listen, you got to go through the actual the process. Yeah, we, have to, we have to go through the motions. It's the know? podcast, it's man. It's for fun. Yeah, it's for fun. <laughs> you got to disprove these people. You yeah. can't just say they're wrong. It's part of the fun, Ange. Gosh, Jesus stop making Christ. me feel embarrassed. Gosh. Making me feel flustered. All right, so what else that, we got? Let me talk about the Hawakoth Shrine, which is the... <laughs> there's Actually, this whole region is pretty loaded. The Hawakoth Shrine yeah. sits under a Gerudo Great Skeleton, which is the last of the Leviathans, which, which is the Windfish. <laughs> the back of the Windfish is where what you'll probably... Oh. Your last great fairy resides. Uh, oh. I think she's, her name is just Tara. She has gray hair. She's like, I think the oldest of her sisters. Not the windfish. And, and she cost it cost ten thousand rupees for her to awaken, which honestly is actually harder in regular mode than it is in master mode. Because remember, in master mode, you get higher level enemies earlier, so you get more silver and gold enemies, which give you gems, right? So you're rolling in you're rolling in cash. But in regular mode, I find in regular mode it was so hard to come by money, to come by rupees. It's absolutely brutal awakening her. I was especially when there's like too, because I remember, yeah. I remember you telling me you're gonna you're gonna need your your gems for stuff later on. I was like, oh my god, I can't sell these ever. <laughs> so good. It's so funny though. Like you find uh, when these side quests are like, you find Bart to there. You find <laughs> you find what was possibly your third Leviathan. Oh fuck! It's the Windfish. Oh hey, is that a great fairy? It's just like such a range of emotions in this area. And that's really that's really it for that side quest. And yeah. then and you can talk about the rest of yours, then we can get to the the, the chef's kiss of of your theories. Oh, okay. Um the first one I'll do. And then we'll close it. Well, I guess is <laughs> Mystery Polluter, which <laughs> it doesn't have much to do with like lore. I think it's just a funny side quest. Um and also somewhat brings up environmentalism into the into the the world. But, I mean, um, I think games, regardless of what people think, are inherently political. Of course, and we'll get into that with my other <laughs> the other ones I have here. But um, yeah. Um. So basically, somewhere in Gerudo Town, I honestly can't give you a direct location because I always get lost in Gerudo Town because of all the little back alleys and stuff. But um. You can meet a little Vi child named Dahlia, and uh, she tells you she wants to plant an orchard, and she's constantly like picking up garbage around so that she can do so, but somehow more and more trash keeps piling up in their water supply, which is contaminating it, so she can't use the water to make her orchard, which makes her pretty sad. And initially, I was like, hold on. <laughs> I was like, this dumb kid wants to make an orchard in the desert. But before I let that thought go too far, I was like, hold on. Let me look this up. So I did some actual research. And it is possible to grow fruit trees in the desert. It is. It's just extremely hard work. I don't know how an orchard would work, but... Yeah, and basically, I mean, I could go into it, but I won't. This is not a this is not a paleobotany podcast, right? Um, but basically, what I found just the easiest fruit trees to grow in the desert are figs, pomegranates, and mulberries. 
That's the good ones. Uh, because they can be planted into native clay and they don't require like regular deep watering. And the hardest fruit trees to grow are avocado, lychee, and tamarind because they're tropical trees and they're sensitive to extreme temperatures, whatnot. Um, I was going to try and like match the fruit and stuff that we have in Breath of the Wild to these, but I just didn't want to do that. Um, <laughs> but I guess like durians would be no, right? No, oh. durians are tropical. And like, they require a lot of water, I believe. But there is a there is a lot of trade. But even if she got them through trade, like she wouldn't be able to put them in her. She wouldn't be able to grow them. You were thinking, is this is this child an idiot? Should I even should I even entertain this? No, no, no. no. I was like, because I was thinking back to the Zora's Domain episode where like I actually played through and I was making all those snarky comments, and I was like, hold on, let me actually look into this and see if it's possible. Um. So yeah. Anyway, after you speak to her. Um, you basically need to find where the source of the water contamination is. So if you climb to the top of the walls of Gerudo and walk around, uh, you'll find a Vi named Caliban uh, sitting at the top with a bunch of hydromelons, and she's eating them, and she's just chucking the rinds into the water. Um, so she gets mad at you for interrupting her, and then when you confront her about throwing the waste, she basically says that you're a liar and she's going to do whatever she wants, blah, blah, blah. Wait, um, how do you spell her name? C-A-L-Y-B-A-N. So I didn't know if it's uh, Caliban, Caliban, I don't know. I thought it was a reference to Tempest. To Tempest, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say that. I mean, it could still be. could still be. But the I behavior kind of fits. Yeah, but besides, yeah, that's what I was thinking, besides that, eh? Um, anyway, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so finally, for some reason, she just complete like one sentence later, she's like, fine, I'll do it. But in order for you to convince her, you need to give her 10 wild berries. And this is because she's always wanted to try them. But wild berries are only available in the snowy regions of Gerudo Highlands, which I guess is just out of their range of travel. So she mm-hmm. like has never been able to have one. Um. So you can warp to Gerudo Tower and then jump off and they, to the snowy region and there's a bunch of trees. You get your wild berries. You give them to her. Um, and she's so overcome with joy. She's like, oh my god, they're so sweet. And I don't have a rind left over for me to throw away. So these are so much more convenient. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so she gets up. She takes her hydromelons with her and she offers to clean up the waste. Aww. <laughs> yeah, and then you go back to Dahlia I thought this was really funny. She thanks you, and she gives you one of the hydro melons that Caliban gave her as a gift, which I'm just like, all right. <laughs> like, okay. Um, How mad did that make you? It didn't I, make me mad. Funny. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I'm trying to think of an analogy. It's like if someone asks you to like go grocery shopping for them, right? And then as you leave, they're like, oh, this thing that you bought me? Here, you could have this as a gift. Like, that's what I thought. It very much made me feel exasperated. I was very much like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, And she also said that Caliban gave her some wild berries that she could plant in her orchard. So that's pretty cool. And that's the end. Um, Is this orchard, like, in effect if you come back? Or is it just her? I mean, you can't take anything from it, but it is there. And it's, it's just like, she's just chilling. She just has her fruit. Oh, cool. Um, I also had tools of the trade. 
I, I want to I want to do that one first because I want to talk about the Secret Club last. Let's go, let's go, just power through it. Those of the trade is poo poo compared to the shit. <laughs> so, um, upon entering the town, there's a Vi walking around the stalls on the right hand side called Isha. Um, and she says that um, she man she manages a shop with handmade accessories but she's run out of flint which she needs to make them so she needs 10 pieces in order to finish up her work uh she says that she uses the gems like rubies and sapphires to make these accessories because they can transfer power to whoever wears it Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically you find flint if you've hit the mineral ores you're you probably have 10 flint in your inventory anyway you know like flint are so easy to come by if you just hit the ores whenever you find them yeah that's true um, and then you give them to her. Uh, after doing so, she wants to give you a gift. So you have the option of either getting topaz earrings, which are stylin, by the way. Um, they give you shock resistance. Um, I feel like everyone goes for topaz. Well, also, if it's more, if you do this, like it helps you out in the <laughs> divine yeah. piece as well, because it has shock resistance. Um, you could also either get. A sapphire circlet, which has heat resistance, or a ruby circlet, circlet, which has cold resistance. And then later on, when she opens up the shop, you can get a diamond circlet, which increases your guardian resistance. Uh, you can get opal earrings, with which increases your swim speed, and amber earrings, which increases Link's uh, defense. Um, Luke, you were telling me how like crazy buffed those earrings are right when you my favorite of the earrings is actually none of the elementals i really like the diamond circulate but it's not worth getting because you can get it for free at the bottom of the 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 most northeast labyrinth Mm -hmm. and i think it gives you end up like a max defense of 28 also Mm -hmm. but diamonds are harder to come by the amber earrings ultimately give you a give you a a 28 defense and i think the highest rated armor in this game is the tunic of the wild set fully upgraded which gives you 84 but that's like that's almost like literally plot armor right but like other normal stuff is the soldier's armor right which is um it, you know has like a traditional knight look to it and it gives you 80 also and you have to wear the whole set mm-hmm. but with, with the amber earrings with that 20 it's really nice because if you wear the amber earrings which, are, which, you know, it's an earring, so they're fairly discreet. Mm-hmm. Um, you get 28, uh, 28 defense. You wear the champion's tunic. You get 32 defense plus. You can see the health meter of your enemies. And then with any regular, you know, pants, you get 20. And you're at I, you're at 80. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you such a nice boost if you, you want to maintain the look of, like, Link in the champion's tunic. Like, champion tunic Link. Right. And it gives you such a really strong defense. It's really a nice way to keep Link without headgear, yeah. without like any, without any like obstructing headgear. Yeah, because some of it can be pretty clunky. So it's nice. Yeah, to like have I, don't, I don't really, I don't really like the knight's helmet. So if I want, if I want the full eighty, I'll just wear the amber earrings. Right. And amber is something that you could so easily come by in this game. Yeah, I it's I would think it's the that and opal are like the most popular. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't sell for too much so it's like way better to just keep to get the amber earrings later on right all right yeah that's really that's really all i have to say about them <laughs> all right give me this the <laughs> <laughs> all 
<laughs> I've been waiting for this all day. All right. So the final side quest is the secret club's secret side quest. So <laughs> upon entering Gerudo Town, you can go left to where the stalls are. And then mm-hmm. there's an alleyway in between the two stalls that you could also turn left by. And <laughs> there's this door. Mm-hmm. That's there. Talk about the door. Talk about the door. And I'll post it these pictures in Nehru's Wisdom because Dylan hasn't seen them yet. But Luke and I are constantly talking about the fact that Gerudo Town has only women in it. And since Nintendo is Nintendo, there is <laughs> never going to be any mention of the fact that statistically speaking, there's probably a lot of queer women in this town. Right? Oh my god. This fucking game. And this like, is one of the things I hate about this stupid <laughs> game. It's all you bad, stupid game. Um, Damn you, Nintendo. Damn you to hell. And anyway, Ange, keep going. Keep going. So I noticed this this morning when I was taking my notes. The cloth that's wrapped around the that, like, <laughs> wooden post has the same color palette as the lesbian flag. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> There's hold no on. way. And you know what? It probably doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? But I I looked at it. It pinged off my brain. And I was like, hold on. I immediately faced oh. Luke. And I was like, please. You gotta look at this, Chief. This. Because Luke and I have had so many conversations about this. So that just made me really happy. Um, even if it wasn't intentional, which it probably wasn't. It's probably just colors that they thought looked nice. And also, I tried to get a picture of the cloth, like, directly in the sunlight it's always shaded so like i haven't been able to see what the actual colors look like not in shadows but mm. whatever um mm. but I, I think it has to be i'm a believer i, 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 think, if, I think i'm biased <laughs> i think if they, can, if they can you know the great fairies used to be like really creepy if they can make the great fairies just like Sexy, sexy giant ladies. Cause someone slipped that in when Miyamoto and Aonuma and Fujiyaki had a weekend off. Someone could have. <laughs> I mean, there there has to be younger people. There has to be queer people working at Nintendo at this point. There has to be queer people working at Nintendo. That someone. It must was have 2017. Started. They had to have had something. I feel like so. I feel like someone must have some lo- some texture designer. <laughs> Shout out to them, whoever you are. Yeah, and I looked, I I looked this up too. Like after I called Luke, I I looked up like Gerudo Town, like lesbian flag cloth, like any any iteration of like those words. I looked it up. There's been nothing, so I don't know if just no one has noticed this. I mean, I didn't notice because I also didn't spend much time in that area. Because usually, just buy your clothes, mm-hmm. like the armor set, and just you're walk out on in. You have no reason to go back and see Greta. Yeah, and I also thought it was coded in an interesting way because, like, it's the cloth wrapped around the secret club's space. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the secret also, club. Like, also, remember I said, too, Greta's, Greta's pants are white. Like, that's the missing yeah, color. Like the Greta's pants that like Greta wears inside, like, match the aesthetic of the cloth as well. Um. And her like it. her like interactions with Link definitely reads to me as like mature lesbian with like her himbo, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, I, 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 
Ange, I genuinely think you need to like format one of those Twitter threads and post this. It's such a, even if it's not I, true, like how I told you, even uh, if it's you not know, true, art, it'd be just the art, fans are. Art, art, art escapes its medium. Mm-hmm. So like, this is this is I love this. This is such a good idea. It's so, it's so huge. I'm a believer. I'm I'm a, I'm a believer all the way. I think someone did this. <laughs> I hope so. So. All right, back on to the rest of the quest. That's probably not as interesting as what I did. <laughs> um, There's a quest? <laughs> you go, you go to the what do you mean? I thought we were done. <laughs> um, so you go to the door and you're asked a series of questions to see if you know what the password is to get in because you can't get in without the password. Um, if you get it wrong, um, they'll tell you to like go kick rocks or something um, <laughs> but it'll activate the quest for you um if you get it wrong um if you get it right on the first try then they just let you in and then i guess you just do the, the quest um but basically if you get it wrong um you have to like intuitively know that you need to go to a place where you can hear it and where people are like probably gossiping sharing information whatever um which can be in like the bar saloon type area i don't remember what it was called um but it's on the right hand of where they it's where they sell those drinks that you needed for the other shrine quest right so i is it a bar i don't know noble the noble pursuit it's where you the bar you get the noble pursuit yes yes so you go there it's on the right hand side of gerudo town um and you go to the stairs and you can listen to some of the vi having a conversation one of them is named Yaido, and she claims to have gotten the password for the door. But if you're just standing there, she's going to look at you and be like, why are you eavesdropping on us? You need to get out of here. Stop being rude. Um, so basically, if you leave and then literally just go to the other staircase on that wall and go up um, into that. Uh, to the grates, right? Yeah, there's a grate that's right behind them when they're talking. So you can listen to them. You know what's so funny? You mm-hmm. can do something similar in Hateno Village, and I think yeah, but the with know, the soup ladle, right? Yeah. And and you can the two ladies gossiping. You can sit behind the water well and listen to them, and I think it's so funny because like you know maybe it took you a while to find the you know whoever the average person playing, but at least canonically, this like Link wakes up. He has a, you know, he can express himself completely differently. He's such, he's so funny. He has like such a personality in this game. I 100% believe for Canon that he immediately knew to just go and listen to the gossip and that he probably, he probably listened for a lot longer than just to get the, the password. He just wanted to know, like, he's probably like, oh man, what's going on with her? He just wants to know the drama. He went, he went not to find the password. I'm down. I'm down. Who are we talking shit about today? Mm-hmm. It's literally Link. That's literally Link in this game. Yeah, because the first thing that Yaido says when you start eavesdropping is, man, what was up with that rude Hylian girl? And I bet Link was just like laughing. <laughs> He's probably like, what do you mean rude? Oh, this bitch. <laughs> um, so you find out that the password is GSC Diamond, which stands for Gerudo Secret Club and Diamond, just being like the diamond symbol. Um. I asked Luke, and he's probably because, you know, they use the the gemstones for a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably it. Um, so you go back to the to the uh, the door, you give in, uh, you get the right password. Um, but if you can't do it on the same day, you can only try the password once a day. So if you already got it wrong, you have to, like, sleep until the next day or something. Um, 
So you get in, you meet Greta, who lets you in, and she laughs because she has a quote-unquote rare visitor, but she won't ask you too many questions, which essentially means that she knows that you're not a woman, but she just doesn't care. She's like, sure, I'll service you. Yeah, she makes money. Yeah. I know what I know what women look like. You ain't one of them. <laughs> Especially if we're going I'm, with our other she theories. A, she a connoisseur. <laughs> she knows. She knows what's up. Um yeah, so here you can get the Desert Vaux armor set, which gives you added heat resistance, and you can get the Radiant armor set, which looks cool because you have like this teal outline of a skeleton on your armor, but it also draws skeleton enemies closer to Link, uh, I'm assuming at nighttime. Uh, and if you enhance both of these items, the Desert Vaux set will give you shock resistance, and the Radiant set will let Link inflict more damage to skeleton enemies. And I believe this is where... <laughs> If you give her luminous stones, then you can do that with your other armor. Yeah, right? you, have to, you have to build the armor, right? You, yeah. Not so, just you need resources. Mm -hmm. So I have a funny story. Uh-oh. Wait, <laughs> um, I have to interrupt your funny story. Go ahead. So I made a mistake earlier. There's not seven sages in Twilight Princess. There's six. But I always forget that Zelda is referred to as the seventh As sage. the seventh one. So it still it still fits the number. But just I Just like wanted past. To I just wanted to clarify, unlike Zelda YouTubers who will just put shit out there and not <laughs> clarify or, you know, own up to their mistakes. But I think it still fits the number six. One dies, that's seven. Add Zelda, that's eight, mm -hmm. eight sages. So I have, I have my funny story now. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we talked about uh, Death Mountain second. Yeah. Yeah. However, I I did Death Mountain last. Because you hated it. <laughs> because I hated it. I hated the idea that I needed to have heat resistance armor because I couldn't find any. <laughs> so yeah. I looked it up and I found uh I found that the Desert Vo armor gave you heat resistance. Oh, did you mistake oh, no. flame resistance for heat resistance? So in my head, I said, all right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really make sense, but sure. So I put, I go in there and I spend all my rupees on the the desert vo armor. Gerudo. And I I I try getting to Gerudo uh, to to Goron City. Can't can't get there because I'm like, all right, it's still lighting on fire. Don't know what's going on. Let me just book it with food and just hope I'm good when I get there. Hope somebody gives me like an item when I get there. <laughs> and it was at get the stable, the right, right at the bottom. Yeah, she gives you the no. Uh, no, I'm talking like a real item, like like the basically the Goron armor. Yeah. So I, I got to the Goron armor shop, and he's like, "Hey, man, you gotta put some clothes on, dude. Like, <laughs> I got something right here, two thousand rupees." And I was like, my jaw dropped because I'm just sitting here wearing my brand new fucking tag still on desert bow armor. <laughs> With the sandals and the, like the sandals and the capris and everything, and I'm like, bro, are you telling me I brought the wrong one and I spent all of my rupees on it? I'm not gonna sell it. What do you, you need it? And it's I need so it. Funny because you can't even wear the bow armor in Gerudo Town. It's literally only good to navigate the desert and/or for 100 completion purposes. Yeah, I will admit though. Ger since Gerudo was one of the last that I did, I did the opposite. I thought I would be able to wear the flame guard armor in the desert because like, in the desert and be fine. Yeah, and then I was like, "Why am I losing?" Oh, but, yeah, 
I damn, do. I damn, love this metal's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Gerudo bow outfit though. I dyed mine purple. I like it. It looks really nice with the radiant shield and the Gerudo bow. I I never thought to um because I don't really I like both. the the colors of the of the Vi set, and I'm like, oh yeah, I could probably just dye those. I feel like so many people didn't take advantage of the dyeing thing. I know Wendy did. Wendy, we haven't heard from you in a while, but oh, I remember yeah. the first thing you did was dyed like everything pink, and then you <laughs> oh yeah the highlight like yeah <laughs> yeah I thought it was gonna look a lot better, and I was like, ew, this looks so gross. So then I just did the blue. Um, it looks really cool. I and love dying in this game. You should take advantage of it. Yeah, I died. The- I died a lot in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I also died the uh, the climbing gear because. Oh yes, yes, oh, yes. I really yeah. liked the like the That's- burgundy yeah. headband, but I didn't yeah. like that the that the top and the pants were two different colors. So I made both of them navy blue instead of just one of them oh. being navy blue. Yes. Oh my god, me too. The, I didn't like it. I think the shirt was green, and I'm like, ew, just make the shirt. I blue, left like navy. It's navy. It's navy. It's navy. I, I left. The shirt looks good. I think it's just the pants that look. Or was bad. it the pants you know, that were green? Yeah, the, the pants, pants are green. Yeah, I left I the pants like green, but made the shirt khaki. Oh, see that? At least it fits. At the end of the day, at least it I love advantage. that. That's my canon link outfit. I wear that with canon the Hylian hood all the time. I love, That's like I, main outfit. I love the bandana so much. Oh, it's you, so good. You know how the Hylian tunic is like red with green? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dyed mine crimson, and the only thing that changes is that his under armor is just purple. That's that's the only reason why I wanted to dye it. Mm. So listen, bad. You, listen, us fashion people, we know. <laughs> they don't get it. You got I dyed. The, it ain't about stats, baby. It's about looks. I dyed my warm W blue, and then I used I I dyed my uh my my hood red, and I was like my my Ashitaka cosplay from uh, <laughs> Princess Mononoke for a while. Yeah, I did the entire oh. I did the entire Vo outfit purple because it looks good. Everything I have is earth tones. Uh, you know I fuck heavy with earth tones. Yeah. The Zora outfit, I dyed crimson so it could be like Mifa's colors. Oh, Aww. that's cute. That's I did the I did the Sheikha armor blue to reflect more of like uh, Sheik's original she bright yeah. blue from Ocarina. Um, I did the Goron armor kind of orange because Goron's are kind of orange. I left it stock. I like the I like the standard Goron armor. And I think my favorite dyed one, in addition to the regular tunic and my Mifa uh my mifa you know honor homage i did the barbarian helm green because the zonai and you know link in general like green is like the courage color yeah and I think it looks so so much better green than the other colors than like the red I haven't and the purple. Seen it. yeah it's so it's so good you guys should definitely check it out all right we're done and i guess I, we're done here and I, did, and I did fix my oopsie right yeah i did mm-hmm. oh yeah we're done, done. yeah we're done done all right, so you might think we're going to just storm Hyrule Castle next, but we won't. And I want it to be under 2.30, so I have four minutes anyway to say this. The next few episodes, we're going to cover the Master Sword in the Lost Woods, because what would Link... I mean, though it's oh, not option, what, what would Link be without his legendary blade? That's, that's going to be Dylan's episode, since he just... That is going to be my episode. The Korok Forest, the Lost Woods, the Master Sword, and the Trials of the Master Sword. And Dylan's episode. And, that, and the episode after that, Wait, and I will the, do it like 
Or the memory? Then the, ep- then the, yeah, then the episode memories. after that is going to be, after the Master Sword episode, is going to be the Champion's Ballad and the memories. You know, it might not be long. You know, it could, I'm not saying it will be. Could be 45 minutes. Could be three yeah, hours. It could be 30 minutes. could be three Who hours. So, so, you know, that one, depending on how, I'm not expecting the Master Sword and the the Champion's Ballad and the memories to take so long. So those might be out faster. And then we will finish with, Hyrule Castle, Calamity Ganon, and then our last thoughts, and then we'll officially be done. I'll probably With take a while. Yeah, I'll probably take a break for maybe two or three weeks before starting the next. What's season. the next series? I I don't know yet. I haven't link to the past. Yet. Link to the past. <sighs> no, I, I know it's not going to be linked to the past. For <laughs> Fuck. Sure. I'm thinking. Um, Either just talk about Age of Calamity as like a one-off for a little bit, mm. or Ocarina of Time because that serves as a more. Oh God, I gotta go get my three. I gotta go get my three DS. Hey man, I'm know, I'm playing through it right now, so. I know, oh. I know, Ange will be there for sure. I'll have to. Pick. I'll be there. I just gotta go I'll get have, my three DS. I have to pick who the last the last people will be. I honestly, I started the save file like a couple weeks ago though, and like. I didn't take I notes, so I'm gonna have to start from the beginning again, so I could take notes from the beginning. But you're also not—you're not too far. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for tuning All in. Right. Do we have any email questions, real quick? Oh, good. See, good thing for reminding me. I bet you we don't, but at least you. <laughs> I bet we don't. That will guilt maybe one person listening to send in an email question. Guys, send in an email. Yeah. We love them. If you've made it this far, we got one. We got one, and I re- I still reread that one. Yeah, no, no email questions, but good. We thing should, we should put the email reminder like in our introduction, <laughs> just in case. Yes. Comments, just in case for the people who only make it in the first thirty seconds. Right. <laughs> um, the episode music is going to be attack on um, attack Boris. on Boris to start probably, and since closing is stronger than starting, it's going to be Urbosa's theme. Yeah. You already know Rose's theme is so good. Everyone, thanks for listening. Email us if you want to. What's uh, the email? Where can I email us? Neighbors at gmail.com. That's the one. You can find us on all your podcasting websites. Just go to anchor.fm. And on Instagram, where, where there are memes. There are memes. The Instagram is really funny. Anchor.fm slash tippy, um, T-I-P-Y. Neighbors Wisdom podcast on uh, Instagram. It's run by Dylan, who does a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already, I already got a new image for the night for this episode. I made it oh, in the God. episode. You always make it in the episode. Oh, that's two thirty. All right, all right. We're out of here. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.